literally like 10 seconds before we started, we blew a fuse yeah. in the studio. And so I had to run down two flights of stairs to hit the switch and run right back up. So uh, how y'all doing? We're having a good time. I think today was the craziest day in a really long time. Bill Barr apparently was fired or resigned, I guess, depending on which tribe you're asking. A report came out alleging that voting machines were intentionally producing errors, resulting in votes being flipped. Republicans cast dueling electoral votes. The Michigan electors were barred from entering the Capitol building under, I guess, threat of arrest, or that may just be, you know, hyperbole. But uh, talk about a weird day, huh? I had to go through all these stories and I'm like, wow, which ones are the most important? And we lost internet again, but uh, it is what it is. Anyway, the internet cut out and uh, I'm hanging out. We got uh, Hunter Avalon in the studio. Hi. We are recording this. So even though the internet's giving us the business. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to, are we going to record this one instead? It's still recorded. Okay. Yeah, we're live. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So make sure you you talk, try and talk as close as you can to the mic, keep it with you and uh, gotcha. Don't pound the table. But uh, who are you? What are you doing here? Yeah, well, I'm here because uh, you said I could. <laughs> I was like, yeah, coming out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I um, uh, I really built a fairly sizable YouTube channel by um, really talking a lot of right-wing politics, uh, primarily social issues. That's really what I, I primarily focus on even now. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I started off pretty notorious for being a rampant transphobe. Uh, I would be the type of person to tell you that uh, being transgender is a mental illness, um, you know, getting your genitals hacked off and all that kind of stuff. That would, that was my whole MO, right? Um, and it wasn't until later on, as I got a little older, that I started to get a lot more disaffected with my experiences with the right. Um, and then it wasn't until April this year when I decided to formally announce that I had left the right and I now consider myself more of a centrist or center left. Uh, primarily because, yeah, I, I find myself disagreeing with the right wing on social issues a lot also, just more and more. We have had so many people on the show who are like left the left, mm-hmm. former Democrats. So I think it's it's rad that you, you came down, man. Thanks, man. And I guess you weren't even that far away to begin with, so it's not like too difficult. Not at all. We also got Luke Rakowski, who no, just like, I guess he lives here now. He lives in my parking lot. <laughs> uh, Timothy, why does this microphone smell like a Texas saloon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't ask me. Who is what have you been doing with it? I don't know. Who was here before me? Alex Jones. So many. It was Alex Jones. Hi, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm Luke, and I am the space troop commander behind the YouTube channel We Are Changed. Thanks for having me, and thanks for letting me live in your parking lot. Very no cool. problem. Ian's chilling. Hey, everybody. He is, yeah. Kudos to you. Yeah. I'm here in the corner. So this is... I don't even know where to begin today. <laughs> I'm ready to just like put my feet up, light a cigar or something. I don't even smoke. I don't even drink, but cigars and start, beers... Yeah. A little bit of nicotine I'm buzz. <laughs> okay, let's 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 talk about this report first. Uh, as many of you are aware, we are not allowed to make specific claims on YouTube. They'll remove the live stream. But we have this report from Allied Security Group, which got released earlier today. A judge ordered it be released, and it. Let me just read you one uh, one quote from section B uh, from section B subsection two, saying. We conclude that Dominion Voting Systems is intentionally and purposefully designed with inherent errors to create systemic fraud and influence election results. The system intentionally generates an enormously high number of ballot errors. The electronic ballots are then transferred for adjudication. The intentional errors lead to bulk adjudication of ballots with no oversight, no transparency, and no audit trail. This leads to voter or election fraud. Based on our study, we conclude that, that the Dominion Voting System should not be used in Michigan. We further conclude the results of Antrim County should not have been certified. Now, let's talk about who this guy is. They say who we are. The first guy. My name is Russell James Ramsland Jr. 
And I'm a resident of Dallas County, Texas. I hold an MBA from Harvard University and a political science degree from Duke University. I've worked with the National Aeronautics and Space Administration and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, among other organizations, and have run businesses all over the world, many of which are highly technical in nature. I have served on technical government panels. So this has been one of the biggest stories of the day. Interestingly, if you Google search this and you try and look it up, you're not going to find the report. You're going to find a lot of articles saying unproven, baseless Trump supporters and things like that, which is very strange framing for a news organization, because even if you don't agree with this guy or you think he's a hack or you think he's just trying to help Trump, you'd simply say an independent audit, you know, uh, uh, as the result of a lawsuit from Republicans made these claims. That's just the news. If you want to argue this guy is biased or right or wrong, I mean, you can. But what's what's weird is that you go on Google, you try and find the story. They don't tell you what's in the report. They just say Trump supporters are pushing claims. Hmm. Yeah. I know you, Hunter, had some opinions about this guy, too. So do you want to express those opinions? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Absolutely. In the marketplace of ideas, right? Yes. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I don't agree that we should just be like attacking someone's credentials. I don't think that that's... um, necessarily an argument against the report. I do, however, think that this guy's credentials are important when we talk about the likelihood of bias in his report. So because he has been a Republican lawmaker, I think, or I know for a fact that he's donated a couple thousand dollars to uh, different GOP people or whatnot. Um, he was hired by the Trump admin. Um, and it's very, uh, very, very frequent for consultants to come to the conclusions that support the lawsuit. So I don't think that that necessarily means that this report should be completely ignored, but I do think that if anything, what we should take that we should look at this report with a grain of salt and take that uh, uh, maybe as an indication that we need a better, more thorough and more independent audit of these machines. I would 100% be in support of an independent audit of Dominion voting machines, because since I don't really think voter fraud is you know, a big issue, uh, I would be more than happy to see that audited. And hopefully the findings would, you know, that's the right answer. Yep. Yeah. Why has it been like pulling teeth that, you know, because it had to go to a judge to get this released? Why were the, why were the Democrats trying to block it from being released? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I know what I was what I read today was I, I don't remember who said what, but I know that one of them said we're not really trying to hide anything. You can go ahead and release the, the thing if you want to. Uh, I know that the report is it's it has a lot of misinformation or v- at very least it has information that is quite similar to previous unfounded voter fraud claims that have already been kind of debunked. That's or interesting. Explained. Wouldn't this bunk them? What do you mean? So like if they said they were unfounded claims, isn't this founding them? Well, they actually no, analyzed 22 machines. Right, right, right. Well, no, because I do think that this is extremely susceptible to bias and even more so. I mean, if. Do you want to say something? No, yeah, I would question that because uh, a lot of other people like John Oliver, when it came to his show last week, tonight, almost last year, made very similar claims on his HBO show, warning us about Dominion, warning us about the accountability, warning us about the numbers, almost very similarly to the report that, that was just released by the Republicans. But this was an argument being made by, let's just say, the kind of leftist establishment institutions when it was against, you know, the this larger idea of Russian collusion. So what do you think of like other proponents of the left saying this? election was a fraud four years ago and now like john oliver oddly kind of changing their mind well, and saying it's specifically legitimate. john oliver about a year ago produced a 20-minute segment and targeted like a bunch of these voting machines including dominion hmm. for the susceptibility to fraud how very how it was really really easy hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Now we have Republicans saying, wow, look at all this. And now it's the establishment left saying, no, no, that can't possibly be the case. I'm not too familiar with John Oliver. I don't even watch him. I don't really like him very much, to be honest. Um, I guess I would just want to know, like, if you think that the if they have a uh, um, an error rate of close to 70 percent, do you think we would have discovered that sooner than now? Well, 68.05. So I think just just so to cite what you're saying, the tabulation log, this is from Section 8. Uh, for the forensic for the for the forensic examination of the server in Antrim County for December 6, 2020, consists of 15,676 individual events, of which 10,667 or 68.05 of the events were recorded errors. Mm-hmm. These errors resulted in overall tabulation errors or ballots being sent to adjudication. The high error rate proves the Dominion voting uh, voting system is flawed and does not meet state or federal election laws. Hmm. Uh, yeah, we did find it. Texas rejected the machines. Yeah, I mean, I. I I'm again, I'm not familiar with every individual, you know, talk show host or Texas or or stuff like that. But I do think that um, when do you think that this is susceptible to bias? Do you think that guy sounds? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, as for, you know, whether he sounds like he's biased, I think one simple thing is true. Do you think he's lying under oath with his with his presentation? Was he under oath you know, when he made he, that report? He just said I, that, I believe this is a, this is a, a sworn statement pre- pre- uh, presented to a court. The he, judge had he just it. Called I could it be wrong. Proof. You just he read that thing where he calls it proof. Yeah. Like, this evidence that I have is proof. So that, that's a red flag. It is. I mean, yeah, one definitely. of one of his claims was that I don't know if he was under oath. Actually, one of his claims was that he um was that the that it was a a system error rather than a human error yes voting system right but i know that one of the people i think it was a gop uh eisenhower i don't remember his first name um he was the one that made the error he was a republican he made the error and in antrim yeah i believe so and didn't he even say like acknowledge that that he was the one that made that error i can i can pull this up really quick from where i'm reading yeah see if you can pull it up because i'm not super familiar uh my thing is like is this guy putting factually baseless statements about numbers and just like making up numbers and then giving them to a court hmm. you know yeah i, I don't think that I, I i i don't like there's no i don't think there's a grand conspiracy i think trump certainly is you know spitting and yelling but if there's a grand conspiracy bill barr would have just launched investigations and done what trump wanted and if he's right. under oath he would go to jail i don't know if he was under oath we don't know yet right, but right. if he was which you know most most court proceedings most evidence is under the, yeah i can't the imagine right of perjury you know, you know, yeah. If he if he faked these numbers and gave them to, to a judge or presented them to a court, mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Yeah. Now, I don't I don't think that he's just like lying. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't think this guy's just making up some BS report and then just like lying about it under oath or whether he's under oath or not. Regardless, I don't think he's lying about it. I think that he probably did do something one way or another to get that error rate as high as possible. Uh, now, this is only a theory of mine that I have, because, again, we're kind of still waiting for more info on this this subject as well. Um, but I know that in Antrim County, there were a lot of errors at first that were then later fixed. So my thought process was perhaps he was counting that error rate before the errors were fixed, which could be a possibility. Um, and if he was, that would mean that there's probably a ton of errors in other places that weren't caught and weren't fixed. I mean, maybe this is why I would be all for like an independent, nonpartisan yeah. investigation. I know that Dominion voting machines have been under rigorous tests before, both state level and national tests. And have been rejected because of it. They have been? In Texas. Texas rejected them after doing a test. When, were fe- what, when was this? So I don't know the exact year, but when, when Dominion went to Texas and said, we want to use these voting machines, they did tests on them and said, whoa, no way. We can't use these. They're bad. I would I would just want to know how long ago that was. I mean, yeah, I, I know that in the beginning, at the beginning stages, I'm sure that they were much less unreliable, but they've been being used for a long time now. 
I think also that if we were if we were using voting machines that had such significant error rates, I kind of think we would have discovered that sooner. Um, and again, if his report was there's an error rate and that's concerning, that's one thing. But the fact that he's trying to claim that that's a system fault. It was, when, it was uh, January of this year. Texas rejected the machines. Hmm. Yeah. After they did tests on them from the Texan. Texas rejected use of Dominion voting system software due to efficiency issues. So, efficiency. So not necessarily flaws. Can you run in? Yeah, I got So you. not necessarily. It's number 14. We lost internet. Ooh, okay. We're chilling. Someone, someone's running something now that's, that's hitting the breaker in here too. Interesting. Luke, can you unplug the fridge? Yep. It could be the, the, the compressor kicking on. I think that should be, should have been off. Oh, we switched to satellite. The lights turned off, everybody. I think Ooh. we're streaming. We blew a, a, a fuse again. We're going to have to run a, a, some kind of like extension cable doing. or something. Yeah. But uh, there's the beeping. Is it? Oh, look at that. We're still alive. How you guys doing? <laughs> Does that mean the Pop-Tarts are ready? That beeping <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is our reserve battery. <laughs> it just comes with beeping. Yeah, so there we go. Oh, yeah. So we have, a, we have a reserve battery. So if the power goes out, the cameras and everything stay on. But the lights turn off because, you know, those aren't as important. Right. Well, this is going to be fun. Um, I have no idea what's causing all that. Is there anything we can we can I'm, turn off in terms of power for some I'm reason? I'm going to send a message to see if we can figure out what's going on. Unplug some stuff yeah. if you can. Yeah. What were we talking about again? Uh, the power, the, the power went out. Stuff. That's yes. right. The power went out. Yes. Yeah. The Dominion the voting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. It was I, I, rejected I, look, for efficiency problems, so not necessarily susceptibility to error. I think, that's you a know. Pretty important, but that's a at, pretty important distinction, right? At the end of it, if we all agree we should have an audit, then we should have like an, another audit or something who should audit it what we I, that's the problem no one's ever gonna be satisfied well i i i would be satisfied if it was a a actual a like independent group. nonpartisan thing i just i i have a tough time and i think that people watching and i'm sure tim you can understand too i ha do have a little bit of a hard time trusting that report when it comes from someone who is so obviously in favor of donald trump and the conclusion that that's a really good point because i have the equal feeling about mainstream media organizations who 90 percent of their stories are negative about trump or 90 plus mm -hmm. so why would i trust them when they come out and say the inverse you mm -hmm. see the problem yeah 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 what i mean I, I think that the mainstream media is very like and they don't like trump that's for sure so but, what do we do you know, it's it's like weird that they were blocking this and then they eventually agreed to let it go like this Monday. But it's it's I think one of the biggest problems we're having right now is we don't really have time after an election to do any kind of legitimate hardcore DOJ style analysis, you know, or investigation. We've got what a month to certify all the results, do all the counting it takes forever. Right. And then once you do. The election contests, the official like, okay, I'm challenging the results only happens after certification. So you, you, they, all these lawsuits pop up because they're gonna. Then they certify. Then you can start challenging the, the you know, the votes and the elections and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. How do we even get to that point where we're going to investigate 150 million votes, probably tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of voting machines across the country? It's just, it's impossible. Yeah. And the exploitation, you know, like like it's it's securing a cyber infrastructure is is basically impossible. Mm -hmm. So, as time goes on and our and our population grows and there's more votes, the easier it will be for someone to cheat. That's, and that's just a limitation of investigatory powers. Sure, I I think that that's definitely true and I think that the more people that vote, obviously we're going to see with that an uptick in some voter fraud as well. Um and I don't would never deny that voter fraud happens. Of course, like people like when there you have 300 million well that's not how many people vote but when you have hundreds of millions of people right. <laughs> voting like of course you're gonna have some fraud but overall you the 
there's overall been a lot of comprehensive studies collected on yeah. this. Just pull it out of the wall. Sorry, man. That's okay. Yeah. Power outage. That's a first. Just leave it. Just leave it out. Okay. It's just my sheer like awesome magnetic personality. Exactly. Yeah, we're gonna try satellite. Yeah, I can see it. And uh, you just walk in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can Luke? Can you unplug the the magnet thing? We're unplugging everything. I don't think it's were, us in the room. I think someone downstairs started doing something. There were two circuits flipped, eight and fourteen. I turned one. Yeah, I turned one off on purpose. Oh, why? Because some someone is draining power somewhere else. It's breaking the circuit. Mm. All right, well, I flipped them both. Back well, on. we got to kill power in this room. We got to probably get a, a, a cable and run it somewhere else. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, well, on YouTube, we can't say certain things about the election. I don't know, Luke, say something. Um, well, there's, there's a famous comment here, um, that a lot of people always share online that, that they say it doesn't matter, uh, who votes, it matters who counts the votes that, you know, a lot of people are bringing up during this kind of time here. So I, I think there's a lot to very important, as you said, that we do it from a bipartisan way where it's not just a Republican said or a Democrat said or a liberal said or conservative said. Sadly, we, we live in a day and age where the truth is no longer existent because everyone cares about winning and power. And I think if we could somehow create a system where we don't depend on, you know, people who are psychopaths, I think that would be a good system. And, and I think, you know, you're very careful with what you said. I think independently looking at the things is something that we need to do. But as Tim, Tim brought up, we do have a time crunch as well, since, of course, President nothing on in the RV. It can't be that. Same with yours. Just unplug them. Just unplug them both the RVs. Yes. yes. I've had the power go out at 2 in the morning when I'm alone, the only one in the house away. Power keeps going out, everybody. This is fun. Uh, uh, we think it's Luke's fault. Because <laughs> we just, it's just yeah. so blaming Luke. It's easy to blame him. Blame think, me for everything. I think we should yeah, just sure. blame all the white males here. Personally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is everyone but me. So I don't identify as white. <laughs> or me. I'm pink. <laughs> you're pink. Yeah, it's true. I'm an accuracy. An accurate? I'm an accurate. Luke, you were saying something. Yes. I was. Yes. Well, I was saying how both of you guys made kind of good points here. There should be a bipartisan kind of approach towards this, but at the same time, we're in a time crunch. Uh, when it comes to big companies overseeing this election, there should be a lot more scrutiny, a lot more oversight. And uh, I mean, I'm with John Oliver. There's there's something that stinks with uh, Dominion. I think there's a lot of... Oh, no, no, no. He changed issues. his position. He, of course, changed his position yeah. now, but I agree with John Oliver a year ago when Donald Trump was in office. Now that Joe <laughs> Biden is in office, I disagree Joe with Biden's John not in Oliver. office. Well, technically, he had a whole big Dude. coughing speech today. Yes, uh, which everyone, <laughs> which everyone is talking about on Twitter just right before the show went on, uh, highlighting how he was coughing his way through his. Uh, is that how they're going to do it? Is speech. that how Kamala Harris becomes president? That's it. I don't know, but there's a lot of people from left-leaning Twitter accounts saying, "God, I hope he doesn't have the coronavirus." <laughs> from his latest speech, that's literally what I'm seeing right now. Maybe on that's maybe that's the next plan. Maybe uh, that, that well we maybe that's the next big leftist plan is to infect Biden with COVID so that he dies and then they can boom get count. I mean that's that's basically been the theory. That was the plan all along <laughs> anyway. That's what I've heard anyway. So. I saw a profile no, picture the, of Biden and his jowls are just like hanging down. I haven't seen him in profile lately, but man, that guy looks wretched. Have you noticed that like a lot of people in our government look like they're just like falling apart? Did you see that yeah, picture of like, Mitch McConnell with like his hand like turning? Purple? Oh, I, I love all the obese health ministers. They're my. <laughs> That one was, I love that, is, that and, is hilarious yeah. to me. And, and yeah. the Los Angeles health minister as well. She, I mean, I, I don't like to judge people or, or, or comment about their personal looks, but if you're a health minister, you should look alive. Uh, that's all I'm saying. I feel okay, like nothing it's, personal it's, it's here. It's one of those things like, can you be a fat person who understands like 
health. Sure. Do but, as I say, not as I do. But yeah, but it's like you want to set an example, yes. right? Yes. I mean, yes. Do you guys remember, you guys, ever, you guys ever see Beetlejuice? Yes. Yeah. You know the part where like they're doing the, uh, the, the exorcism and then Alec Baldwin and I don't remember the other lady's name. Like they start like becoming really decrepit and like then it, like I think it's Alec Baldwin's jaw falls off or whatever. That reminds me of like people in Congress. <laughs> yes. You know, like Joe Biden, one? like Nancy Pelosi, like Mitch McConnell. Who was the person that was like their tooth fell out? I don't know. Oh, that it? was a governor. Uh, no. Oh, yes. Louis Gohmert. Was that who it his, was? Yeah. All Gohmert. I know is that he was talking and then like yes. he saw his tooth fall out. Oh, it's like, why are all these people falling apart? Because young people. You term limits. Because, <laughs> yes. Exactly. There yes. you go. <laughs> but I think young people are permanently children. Like younger people are like permanent children now. So where where are the millennials? Who are standing up and running for office? Josh Hawley. Actually, where are the Gen Xers? I think that's the issue. There's like a gap. Oh, yeah. yeah, we do have millennials. Yeah, we do. I guess we have. Is Rand Paul? How old is he? Gen he's Xer? He's Gen X. Yeah. Um, I have Rand no idea. Paul, I could look that up right now. Yeah, he's like 50 or something. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Gen X. Those people are old yeah. now. How old do you have to be to, bo- to be a boomer again? It's like 60s. Is that 60s? Yeah. yeah like isn't that old, crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Millennials are in their 30s. How weird. Yikes. What does that make you? Or you're not a millennial, are you? I'm not. I've just missed the millennial because I was born in 1996. So I think well, I missed go. it by what was it one year? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> Not a millennial. <laughs> what what, what, are, what are what is that? What are you? Gen Z. Am I Gen, oh, Gen, Gen Z? Z. Yeah. yeah. Nice. You know, Gen Z is slightly more conservative than uh, millennials, in yeah. some in some ways. Yeah. For the first time in like five generations, we saw a, a tick in the slight other direction. They're still mostly progressive. Like if you compare Gen Z to Gen X, it's almost like. Like Gen Z is almost the same as millennial in terms of where they are politically, mm-hmm. but they're slightly more conservative in some areas. Sure. And I think that's probably due to their being, I, my, my, my guess is more conservatives, more conservative Gen Z than more liberal. Not that their ideology has changed. I think it's just conservative parents will have conservative kids. And because conservatives tend to have kids more than liberals, you're going to end up with more conservatives. Sure. So. Yeah. There you yeah. go. I mean, I was an example of that, right? I was a conservative kid. That's yeah. I was raised homeschooled. Christian, I actually think you're still conservative. I know. Can, we're, you, we're, can you explain that to me? Why? So why you think that? Well, is? because you're you're uh, advocating for the rights of private corporations to you know do as they please, essentially. And I was arguing well, in favor of regulation of corporations. Right. And honestly, I and I will admit that I haven't done enough research into regulation specifically. I am not opposed, however, to something like. You talked about Section 230 reform. Yeah. I would be okay with that. Like, yeah. I, w- I would be okay with, with, with talking about that. But I think my problem is, is when people like Trump say that we need to get rid of Section 230 protections when it's like they just don't know what the heck they're talking about. Yeah, he's about. stringing himself up with that. That yeah, would be like, the if, end of all of these conservative If channels. Section 230 was gone, like, we wouldn't be able to have this conversation live right now. Well, we would because I'm verified on YouTube. Ah, okay. And that's the way it works. The elites are allowed. And I, I think that's what's coming, right? Do you guys see that Pornhub just nuked all unverified yeah. content? Nuke, Luke's not nodding because he probably discovered it like manually. Like, <laughs> he was browsing. How he's like, dare you? my favorite oh. videos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pornography is a sin. Yeah. And it's <laughs> rotting away the youth of this nation and destroying their brains. And uh, there's a strong argument. Is that a real to, opinion? There's, yeah, I mean, there's there's a strong <laughs> argument to Actually, make against pornography and the effects, especially on young children, definitely. that it's having that is rotting their brains away. I literally, like I, I really, I don't like porn. I think there's good porn. Like one out of every thirty is good. 
this is personal, this is anecdotal. <laughs> but were they actually like each other? Like, okay, they okay, find no, out no, no, hold on, hold on. Sex that they we're not each talking other? about porn. We're talking okay. about. Let's talk about porn. how you can't Listen. get a partisan, a nonpartisan. No, group no, no, no. no. Listen, look at we're this. talking about how Pornhub nuked all unverified. Oh, we're content. talking about bureaucracy. Right. Yeah. Yes. All, no, we're talking about censorship. All unverified content was removed. YouTube did this thing. We started pulling verification badges from channels. I think YouTube is, listen, it's, it's, it's a long, it's a long known in Silicon Valley thing that you can't change the rules overnight. When the, the famous story that I've told many, many times is that eBay used to be yellow. You probably, you probably never heard this story. I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. So the original eBay website was yellow. One day they said, yellow is like off putting. We're like, we're going we're to make the, we're going to make a white background. Yeah. The next day, everybody revolted. They were like, the site's awful. We hate it. What happened? And they were getting endless complaints from people. Hmm. So they immediately changed it back. Okay, okay, yellow. Then the next day, and for every day then on, they slowly incremented one tiny bit towards white. <laughs> Until a year later, the website was white. No one cared. Because no you, one noticed. Exactly. No one noticed. Yeah. So what's happening now, I think, is you see Pornhub does this. And everyone's like, well, it's Pornhub, whatever. That makes sense, right? Because there were, like, there were crazy accusations about you know yeah. trafficking yeah. and underage girls. That I always, I did always think that was kind of weird. Like anybody could upload stuff to like to Pornhub, and yeah, I'm like, how do they verify the ages of these people? You know, what I, I mean? used to, yeah, I used to think that same kind of stuff. Like you, yeah. you probably got to verify that kind of stuff, right? Uh, yeah. Especially if it could be trafficking, you need to make sure there's, you know, these people are consenting to this stuff. But then I just think what's going to happen with YouTube? They did the the, the the verification removal wave where all these channels got their badges removed. Actually, if I could just really quickly cut in, because I remember that happening, because yeah. I was actually one of the creators that got contacted by YouTube, and I was told that they, that my creator badge was going to be taken. Um, and I was, like, pissed AF about it, obviously. Uh, and then YouTube quickly said they weren't going to do that. Yeah, they, they because there was, a, an out, it was, it was, it, there was a revolt. Right. And that's the point, but right? How, just the, out of curiosity, how was that censorship, though? Well, censorship is just, like, you know, hiding information. Yeah, but like taking the checks away wasn't, that's not censorship. So it's, it's frogs in a pot, right? Now, uh, since, since then, they've been pulling people from the partner program. Instead of doing a wave of removing badges, they said, okay, we got to do it one by one individually to random people in different communities so that no one gets angry and starts a news cycle about it. Since then, they've purged tons of channels. This year alone, YouTube said in their own statement, 8,000 channels have been deleted. Yeah. So that's how they slowly start getting rid of them without causing an uproar. The reason I bring this up is in terms, you know, in the, in the section 230 conversation. Yeah. What I think is going to happen is eventually YouTube's going to be like, you have to be verified to produce on YouTube. So that's why I said, we'll probably be fine because I am a verified YouTube channel. They never threaten to take my badges away. They, you know, I have direct contact with people at Google. They tell me like when there's rule changes, I can call them and they clarify and then, you know, they, they, they like me in that regard because I'm rather milk toast, I suppose. Well, the boiling the frog analogy is good because not a lot of people know this, but Scott Adams and Jeff Berwick just had their channels totally taken off. And just like you, you, you said, same thing kind of happened to me, but then they got rid of my partner program later on. And I'm like, wait, what, what's going on here? And another important thing that YouTube announced is that they also will start putting advertisements on channels that are not in the partner program anymore. So they right. could put ads on mine and i'm getting comments saying hey there was an ad i'm happy i got you know i was able to watch it for you luke and i'm like i'm not in the partner program anymore right. and that just you, happened a couple you, days ago are you verified like you have um, a check mark i used to be verified i like, i believe they took it away as well with the really? partnership program yeah so so i think i think one i think what's going to happen next is they're probably not going to say anything because they don't have to but channels that don't have verification probably already are de-ranked in the algorithm yeah 
I, I can't speak for, for, I know I can't speak from anecdotes, but God, my channel is doing horrible right now and I'm verified. So, well, that's because you like, that's because I left the right, right? Well, so. yeah. If you build an audience up where you say something like, you know, backflips are the best and right. then all the backflip fans are going, yeah. And then you change. I was wrong. Front flips are better. They're going to be like, boo. Right. And that's exactly yeah. what's happening to me now is I, yeah, but if you know, start purging my audience of, uh, yep. some farther right people, unfortunately. Have you thought about making a, a new channel? No, because um, no, <laughs> it's it's challenging enough right now to try to manage the the one, um, and it's just like like when I when I announced that I was leaving the right, having built you know a conservative audience, I knew that was going to be extremely controversial, and I knew that it was going to be pretty detrimental uh, to my career for the time being. Also, as far as like view counts and everything goes. Um, which is one of the reasons why I get really frustrated when people call me a grifter. They say that I just ditched the right and joined the left for the money or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> like I lost like 50,000 subs so far for acknowledging that I'm no longer, that I no longer really align I, with the right. I, I think the hardest thing would probably, probably be to just choose to be wrong, you know? Yeah, it's, it was I'm, hard I'm, to. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I was making, I was, Never oh, mind. no, no. I'm sorry. I thought you meant choosing to acknowledge that you were wrong. No, no. Well, I guess that's a good point. Because I no, did saying, do that. I did, you've I, decided to leave the right. I'm kidding, by the way. What did you What did you take? start to take issue with that you used to believe? Uh, well, I started – well, okay. I started taking issues just with the right wing kind of in general first, which – and I, I know that, you know, conservatives, they're very broad. I'm not putting – I'm not trying to prescribe this on all conservatives by any means, but – my experience anyway, I felt like, especially the further right you went, uh, tradition took precedent. And so it was tradition over really anything else, even if that was at the expense of other people's rights. So I have a total problem with people who, although maybe not conservative, would be far right. Uh, having a, uh, those people being against gay marriage because it's not traditional. Because- well, Trump's for gay marriage and he was pro gay marriage before he even uh, ran for, before he ran. And then he was the, he's the first president to be pro gay marriage before becoming president. Yeah. I, so I like mean, he I, entered office. He had that famous photo where he's unfurling the LGBT flag. But that's, not that's like the, he's. But that's the problem is that's all he's done. He's done. He's been very detrimental for the LGBT community. I oh, mean, well, but maybe the GBT community. But I think there's a lot of uh, lesbians that are actually very, very much in support of him. He actually has a really large base of gay men, too. Hmm. Interestingly, like Peter Thiel spoke at the RNC and that was the first time a gay man spoke at the RNC. More, more importantly, Trump gave a speech at the RNC and got the Republicans to clap and cheer for the <laughs> for the LGBT community. That was I yeah. mean, you know, that may just be clapping. It's not really policy. It's itself. virtue signaling, honestly, because what Trump's doing is he's signaling to this virtue that he's pro LGBT. But yet now that he's been in government, <clears throat> they tried to uh, the Trump Trump administration asked the Supreme Court if they could stop gay people from adopting, despite there being repeated longitudinal studies which show that kids raised by gay parents do not fare worse than their um, straight couple counterparts. Did he ask or did he do it? Well, he wanted to do it. So a lot. Do we know that for sure? Is that source? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can look it up. Trump went to the, I believe it was Donald Trump went to the Supreme Court. If you want to look that up. Um, again, I don't know all the details off the top of my head. So I'd love to have more info right here. But but, but was there a, oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. I think you're referring to when he said adoption agencies should be able to reject gay couples. How long ago was that? So this is June 4th of this year. I thought it was more recent than that. I thought he was talking about a time specifically where he wanted to. Taxpayer-funded organizations should be able to refuse to work with same-sex couples and others whom the group considers to be in violation of its religious beliefs. Yes. Now, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just, here's the specifics. I think that that would still kind of fall in line with violation of LGBT rights, especially when you talk about, like, there are a bunch of kids in our foster care system right now. There And, and 
gay yeah. couples obviously are far more likely to adopt because they can't have children. So I mean, you do surrogates or, you know, well, yeah, but, you, can, you can do surrogates, but also there's a lot of kids that need homes that need loving parents. And I, I'm, I have two children. Uh, I'm a dad and I'm married and I, I am a strong proponent of the nuclear family. Actually, that's, this is one of my most conservative traditional viewpoints. Actually. So you're pretty anti black lives matter then. No, I know. I know where you're going with that, though. But let's well, what do you mean? Like one of their core tenets is disrupting the nuclear family. I don't know if that's one of their core tenets. It, and it's on their web. It was on their website. It was on the right. Their until website. they pulled it out. Exactly. Their because website. of backlash. But the, the website. I don't. I don't agree. Well, with I'm not. I'm not saying like an individual who's cheering for it. I'm saying like the organization itself. Yeah, advocated and I, I don't for disrupting like BL- nuclear family. And I don't like BLM organization. But yeah, what yeah. I was saying is, so I was nuclear- right. <laughs> well, I like BLM the movement, but not the yeah, organization. Yeah. Well, I was referring to the organization, so you agree. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of the nuclear family. But what I always say is that the nuclear family is just two parents raising children. It doesn't have to be uh, a straight couple raising the parents, so raising the kids. So Science actually agrees with you on that one. Yeah. The, they, they, they haven't been able to make a determination if it's male and female or, or just two parents. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, simply put, if we can get kids who are in orphanages or, you know, who need to be adopted to any loving family, like that's preferable to having a homeless kid who's living in the system. That's terrible. Right. Oh, so, yeah. I, you know, but the, but yeah, the, there was a report that came out where it said like the science so far that we've done can't determine between male, you know, traditional like parents of like a male, man and a woman or, mm-hmm. a, you know, same sex couple. Right. It, and the, the, the yeah. children are benefited equally as far as we can tell so, so far. Right. So far. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I know that, yeah, I don't know if it's the same study or another one, but I've looked at ones too that showed that they usually actually when children of gay parents, um, fare worse, it's because of like social stigma because of the gay parents, uh, not so much like because anything to do with the gay people necessarily. But yeah, I mean, that, that's one instance, I guess, of Donald Trump, um, expressing some anti LGBT sentiments. Just one of them. I, I don't think that Trump is like this malicious anti-gay president, um, but I also think that he's a bit virtue signaling when it comes to that. Trump virtue signals a lot. Yeah. Yeah, like tweeting repeal section 230. Mm. Uh, it's a really, really bad idea. But he's trying to let conservatives know, like, I'm fighting for you. And it's kind of like, but you're giving them what they want when you say that. Like, right. These Democrats would are, are like, no, wait, Trump, don't. Because they want it to happen. They want 230 gone. He said he wanted to imprison people that desecrated the flag. Yes. Yeah, that was stupid. Insanity. Yeah, so but see, a, lot of, I, a lot of conservatives agreed with him. Stupid so virtue tr- signaling. If it's your property and you want to burn it, so long as you burn it safely, either, I got no problem. Either virtue signaling or pure idiocy. Yeah, uh, see, that's that. And that was one of the, that's like another thing that I was really concerned about with Trump is just his approach to free speech with with his calls to repeal Section 230, with his calls to uh, to, to make it easier to sue media companies, um, right? To, like what we were just talking about. I, I think that... Well, suing media companies isn't a bad thing. It could be if you it want could to open be. up more libel laws and stuff. I mean, that yeah, was, that was that's, definitely that's to stop criticism of him, I believe. Well, the issue is that there's a really tough standard right now from uh, a ruling called Times v. Sullivan, mm. where media outlets... You have to prove they knowingly lied, mm. and it almost never even gets to the point where you can. Right. So there's there's things called anti-slap laws. Basically, the New York Times could publish whatever. Well, uh, here's a better example. The Today Show outright lied. They used clever language in how they lied. And if I did sue, they'd just be like, get out of here. But I'm like, if we went to discovery, if mm. you allow this case, I might find their messages where they say – Hey, does this sound, you know, legit because I know it's not true? Who knows what they're saying behind the scenes? Right. But you never even make it there. So I definitely think there's room to solve some of these problems. I actually think the solution is if there's a defamation, mm-hmm. I should be able to sue for a correction if I can prove it was false. Hmm. That means even if you make a mistake, 
I can say, I would like you to correct this. If you say no, I can sue you. And the relief from the court is publish the correction if it's proven in the court to be true. Hmm. But we don't even have that right now. So something has to be done. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know before we went live, you were showing me some examples of like media bias and stuff. And I would never deny that the, the media is incredibly biased. And it just, I mean, it would depend on the publication also. But I like your idea with the defamation thing. That would, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Because it's weird right now where, a news organization will publish something false uh-huh. and then someone will sue and say, hey, or someone will complain it's false and they'll say, well, we're not going to correct it. It's like, if, if, if come on, like, right. that's just dirty. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. It's, it's but you can't sue for that. You should be able to. I don't know how you get to that point you, or how a law is made or If whatever. you did, would they have to pay for uh, court fees as well? Yeah. If you proved it to be false, then they should be responsible for the court fees. Because that means before you went to court, you attempted to resolve the problem. So, or I, I should put it this way, you know, if you don't attempt to resolve it, then maybe no. But if I contact you and say, hey, this article is incorrect, here's the proof, and you say F off, okay, I'm going to sue you, and when I win, you'll be responsible for court fees. If they say F off, well, then it's their problem. What about damages? No. Okay. Uh, if it's not intentional and you can't prove it, that's that's the problem. Like, if I say something like, you know, Ian Crossland was wearing a don't blue say sweater. It. Wearing a blue sweater. Don't defame me like that. And I was just like... You know what? I made a mistake because I the lights know, were off. The lights were off, <laughs> and it was an honest mistake. Then I, we I we you. we need that leeway for error. Yeah. Otherwise, news organizations couldn't function. But we can't allow them to just be like, "I lied," and you can't do anything about it. That's where they're at right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that like there's there's room for conversation there. But I think that Donald Trump's calling to repeal libel laws and the way he said it too, so we can make a bunch of money or whatever. I don't. I don't think that it was coming from a sincere and nuanced perspective like what you have. I think that it was coming from media companies are criticizing me and I want to be able to sue them easier. I'm, I mean, I don't know. You, you talk to a Trump supporter, I'll tell you one thing. You talk to someone who hates Trump, they'll tell you the other. So as far as I, I can tell, as I just assess it on the merits, yeah. is there a good reason to go after these, these, you know, the current system? Absolutely. It's kind of messed up. Yeah. So I just, you know. Well, I'm glad we agree on the, the flag burning thing, though. You agree that that was... Oh yeah, so it's a it's it's you know traditional the the left and the right in this country have uh have flipped. It's it, what, what are they calling it? It's the realignment, I guess. The flipping. Yeah, the flippening or the realignment. Flippening. So yeah. like uh, uh you know ten years ago, uh, for instance, Julian Assange, mm-hmm. biggest hero to the left, right? Now they hate his guts. Mm. Uh, a lot of leftists do, however, want him pardoned as well. So it's it's more like the neo lib establishment left, who we're never really the biggest fans of him for the most part anyway. Ugh. But oh, nobody likes them. Yeah, but they're the, they're the establishment. I think what, what, what really happened is that when Trump got elected, the establishment cronies from the Republican Party went to the Democrats, their next closest alignment. Yeah. But we are seeing an, an interesting alignment where, like, um, I guess you voted – uh, is it public who you voted for? Yeah. You voted for Joe Biden. Yeah. See, like, for us, we're, I think, 10 years older than you. That would never happen. That's like – because uh, Bush is essentially a neocon. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a warmonger. He's a, you know a, a, an interventionist. He as part of the, like the Obama administration prosecuted more journalists and whistleblowers, uh, un, you know than than any other under the Espionage Act more than all the other presidencies before him combined. Wow. Yeah. So so, so the yeah. left has become like even uh, like the left has become the authoritarians. It mm-hmm. used to be that the Republicans, like when I was growing up, were the moral authoritarians and the authoritarians. George W. Bush started these wars, and they wanted to ban. Like I've I've got art downstairs where it's from the card game Magic the Gathering. And in the 90s, the right got some card art banned, had to be changed. Today, the uh, the banned cards I have now came from the left getting art banned. Mm. So it's like, you know, the, it's flipped. 
the the left is now uh, very much so in support of these uh, intelligence agencies for the most part. They're supporting Joe Biden. He's stacking his cabinet with lobbyists and corporatists and Goldman Sachs, all of the worst corrupt people imaginable. And it's like that. That's exactly why I voted for Donald Trump. There's a reason why I went down to Occupy Wall Street and I was like, you know, the, the system's broken. And there's a reason why I'm like, Joe Biden's a bad guy. Because Joe Biden was vice president during Occupy Wall Street when all of these leftists were coming out and complaining. Interestingly enough, too, you know, in 2016, we had the RNC and the DNC, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know uh, uh, the left didn't protest the Republicans? Do you know they protested? Yeah. The Democrats. Really? The left showed up in the thousands, tried storming the barricades to break into the DNC. Nobody went to the Republican convention. Trump was down there. I was in. Where where, where was that? Was that? Is that Florida? No, no. 2016. That was um, Cleveland. It wasn't Atlanta, was it? No. I, can't I don't remember. remember. Charlotte? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Charlotte. There cities. was one in Charlotte. Yes. Yeah. Well, Trump was there and he's like, you know, uh, giving a speech to the Republicans where he says, the, you know, these people, uh, in the, you know, uh, he, I think he's talking about the Pulse nightclub shooting. He said, there's a lot of people who have religious differences with this group, but these are Americans. These are our people. And they were attacked. And everyone starts clapping and cheering. Meanwhile, the De- Democratic National Convention, Bernie Sanders gets ripped off and the, the left is like trying to knock the barricades down and jump over and storm into the building. Mm-hmm. So the left was protesting. Now the weirdest thing happens is you get like these faux progressive corporate, you know, independent commentators on YouTube and such who are just like, the machine is right. I, you know, my favorite thing is, is how like Rage Against the Machine, the band, is very much rage for the machine now or rage on behalf of the machine. They used to say things like, what's the famous line? F you, F you, don't tell me. Uh, I won't do what you, you tell, tell me. me. Yep. Now they're saying, F you, you better do what we tell you. Yeah. How so? So uh, like lockdowns, for instance, mm-hmm. the left is very much in favor of the lockdowns and a stimulus. Mm-hmm. Like that's the antithesis of where the left would have been a while ago. Definitely in favor mm-hmm. of more socialist policies and stuff, but not letting the government just decree that we're going to bar you from leaving your homes, which they're doing and they're cheering for. I think my favorite thing about like Joe Biden is when he said Trunanana Shabbat a pressure and the audience was cheering for him. It's like, now that's something remarkable. Shout out to Cassandra Fairbanks for pointing that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like hilarious. everyone's cheering. What are they cheering for? Oh, so weird. Or Batacath care. I think, you know, what happened is, I think uh, you weren't old enough. And I mean, this with no disrespect. You're 24. Oh, that's fine. You're 24, right? Yeah. You like, so like Luke and I went through Occupy Wall Street. Luke actually questioned Democrats on Barack Obama drone bombing kids and things like that mm-hmm. and either got lied to or had people say like, yeah, well, he should have had a better father. Who was that? Was that Gibbs? Yep. That's, that's Barack Obama's spokesperson and his right hand man throughout his entire political career, Robert Gibbs, who I, came out and uh, literally got angry. He was like, he should have had a better father. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, like Obama dropped a bomb on, on a kid in like, a civilian restaurant. 16 like year old American of- citizen. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. I mean, Obama's... And Obama was the VP. Uh, I'm sorry. Biden was the VP. He was overseeing Iraq. And his brother got a lucrative multi-million dollar contract for construction deals. It's like the the amount of evidence that has come out against the Bidens. And it's just like completely ignored by the left. Because either they're just tribalists who don't care. And so they're like, I just want to win. And it's funny because they're the ones saying the cons just want to own the libs. I'm like, dude, it's, you just want to own the cons. That's all you want to do. It's so funny hearing you say this because with my experience, I've, I've, I feel like I've seen the same exact thing happen on the right. Oh, the right just wants like, like, they, well, they want to own the libs. And there are people and the who right's... go on Twitter and just. Do you think that the right is like heavily ideologically driven? Like I've seen, I've found that the right tends to already have kind of a set of like presuppositions and then they go out of their way to find uh, support 
for their already held beliefs rather than the other way around, which is trying to approach it neutrally and then forming your opinion based That's on... That's both the left and the right. Do you think it's both? It's absolutely. It's yeah. yeah. So like... Oh, yeah. Like, I, and like, I would agree that it's both for sure. That's why I, I mean, that's why I like to... But right now... Center, right? So, so right now, the right has more of the critical thinkers and it's cancel culture. That's basically why. So you'll see like I was down at Occupy Wall Street. Wasn't really... I didn't agree with a lot of them because they were very just like, they're extremely racist people. Like it was some, it was one of the most racist things I've ever experienced at mm. Occupy. And, uh, but there were a lot of economic populists there who weren't necessarily in line with the weird racism stuff and there were fights over it. The, the, I think the left has become like predominantly racist relative to where the right is. How so? So, uh, Occupy Wall Street, they segregated voting blocks based on race. Well, that, I just can't even speak on that since. But would you agree that's racist? To be like, we're going to allow you to vote for how things are run here. But we want all of the brown people here, all the black people here, all the Mexicans here, and all the Asians here. And you're all separated based on your color, and you can vote. Only one vote per group, no matter how many of you there are. Wow. Yeah, that's so weird. if you have, like, that's fair. No, no, no. I said that's weird. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. So that's, that, that, so that's what's, like, what's happening at these universities with, like, critical race theory stuff. So they'd be like, there's 10 white people, 3 Asian people, and 15 black people. You all get one vote based on your race. So you get three votes. But that makes no sense because there's different numbers of people. That's what Occupy was doing. It's extremely racist. Yeah. And so that's when I started being like, well, this is crazy stuff, man. Anyway, the left has become particularly authoritarian in, in their application of things. Well, how have they become authoritarian? Uh, besides the are lockdowns. You in, are you, yeah, the lockdowns. I uh, mean, so, it, so you also you, have cancel culture, right? But censorship, you, supporting massive private corporate, cor, uh, corporations. Corporations are, are, are essentially authoritarian structures. How are they? I'm, I'm going to have to ask you more about this. See, I'm because, such a leftist and you're such a conservative. No, it's okay. It's just how are, <laughs> how are the leftists supporting, um, corporations? Uh, censorship. I mean, I mean Donald it's, it's, Trump gave tax cuts to corporations, right? He gave tax cuts to everybody. It, but substantially more so to the corporations. But what is, what, is, what's wrong with that? Uh, well, his, that's actually fairly libertarian. Well, no, the problem with that was that he was going in there hoping that by, lowering corporate taxes we would see more businesses coming back to the u.s but that's just not what happened well the economy did do ridiculously well in 2019 but that wasn't because of trump why not who was it because of it was because it's an economical fact that after a recession the economy always comes back stronger after a recession 10 years ago yeah go ahead look up the uh, go, no, i'm not saying you're wrong i'm saying if if you can't give it credit to uh, to trump then you can't blame uh well, george did, bush for for the recession you can't blame obama for the recovery what did trump do to, to help with the economy what did trump do more specifically even to help with unemployment tariffs so, uh there were there were immigration uh raids on processing plants which resulted like it, it's it's a variety of factors but tariffs tar didn't do that that cost american taxpayers hundreds of thousands of dollars per in job, subsidies per job bringing back to the us Right. That's, that's true. That's the point. That's how the economy works. So if, if you want to save money for the businesses and the elites, then you allow them to send their jobs to China, for instance, where they pay people garbage and there's human rights abuses. Mm -hmm. Lowering, uh, so, so let's take a look at what Joe Biden, his, his plan is. There's two big things. He wants to increase the minimum wage to $15 an hour mm -hmm. and he wants to raise corporate taxes by about 10%. If you go to a corporation, a manufacturer, say someone who makes socks, and say, we're going to raise your taxes by 10%, you've got to pay all of your employees 30% more. They're going to be like, dude, you're squeezing me dry. I'm, I can't afford, how am I supposed to do this? I don't, don't worry, don't worry. We're going to have a free trade agreement, and you're going to be able to run your factory in China. That's what, that's what, the, that's what Obama was doing, and, that's, and it worked. When, so was you, the, when was the last time minimum wage went up? Very, very long time ago. So, 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 so should it be increased? No. 
even though it hasn't been adjusted for inflation or anything? Yes. So the, the, there's, there's a bunch of problems outside of what the min, about, outside of the minimum wage, and the minimum wage is not a solution to the problem. Okay. If, uh, so uh, you need to sit down and talk with like a small business accountant. That's exactly what I did to better understand the issue. I talked to an accountant who represented like 300 small businesses. Mm-hmm. And I said, we have a problem because people don't have money to spend. Right. If they can't spend money, businesses can't take in money and they can't pay taxes and they can't hire people. So we want the machine to flow. And he and yes, completely correct. However, a hard increase of 30 percent or so, because this is what we saw in New Jersey. He said, here's what happens. He's like, I just lost 30 percent of my clients. They shut down their businesses. Why? These people who run these small businesses, they're corporations, too. And they have like 10 employees. But the owners aren't rich by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. They might be paying their employees 10 bucks an hour because all they can pay. And then the guy who runs the business is only getting $50,000 a year. Mm-hmm. He's making a modest salary for him and his family. Well, then all of a sudden they come in and say, increase your, your, your wages, your, 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 t- your costs by 30% plus employment taxes. Right. And all of a sudden this guy's only been making 20,000 a year. And he says, I can't afford that. I'd rather just go work as a manager, you know, at, at corporate for Walmart or something. Mm-hmm. So, that that has the impact specifically in New Jersey when they passed this law is when I talked I went to an account to ask him mm-hmm. you know tell me what's going on he said he lost a ton of business accounts were canceled and businesses just shut overnight mm-hmm. you can't force the economy to just increase there's one good thing about the minimum wage and it's about exports if everybody in the US is getting $15 an hour mm-hmm. that means everybody can afford something made in China better and that's been one of the biggest strategies of Joe Biden if we increase the minimum wage, increase corporate taxes, we'll have all of our factories go to China because Joe Biden and Obama were very much in favor of, you know, these free trade agreements, notably the TPP. And now the new agreement that they've recently uh, negotiated without us, Joe Biden's going to get us in that day one. We're going to lose our jobs here. But the good thing is it will it will make it so that somebody who works at McDonald's who makes 15 bucks an hour can more easily afford afford the iPhone made by the slaves in China. See, I think that's horrifying. And ultimately, it's a downward trajectory where we lose all of our jobs. And then eventually, America just sustains itself off of printing petrodollars. And that can only work so long as we're blowing other people up and threatening them that if they you know, disagree with our, say, building an oil pipeline or natural gas pipeline through Syria, mm-hmm. then we arm the rebels in Syria to destroy the government and wipe out whole cities, this which is, is basically what happened. Right, right, right. But I mean, I don't think that like all the corporations would go to China. No, the, the manufacturing ones, the ones that could. Maybe. So Trump's— Do you know that—just out of curiosity, for the Joe Biden uh, $15 minimum wage, do you know if that's just across the board, or does that only nationwide. apply to certain corporations? Uh, don't know for sure. And to be honest, I don't think he would do it. You know, you know like, we, I, I think he would fail and he would try. What we should do instead is give employees, like, a percentage of corporate profit. That way that's, they only get extra money if the corporation— That's Bernie doesn't. Sanders' policy. Yeah, yeah like that's like worker co-op stuff, that's, right? That's—, yeah. that's, that's but, I'm not. I'm that not. way, it wouldn't extort the business. Wouldn't run them out of business because they're no. already making the money. <laughs> I completely disagree. You, you know, that's like, uh, isn't that market socialism? Is that what? It, that's Bernie's. Bring it Bernie's on. Bernie's platform. That's like worker co-op nope. stuff, right? Where everybody works. It's completely, and completely them. bad idea. But keep it. You'd have to do it in some I am not educated scalar in form. I'm not educated in yeah. that. I'm not about to support or deny. Do you know? Do you know why the farms failed in these socialist revolutions and these communist revolutions? Depends on the revolution. Well, like basically and, uh, every Chinese time, one, it's because they made a bunch of scientists go do the farming. A bunch of artists, people and they, that didn't know how to farm. Exactly. And they killed birds. And they killed birds. That was funny. <laughs> yes. And they told everyone to like melt down their, their tools or whatever. Like this is a bunch of weird, weird stuff. Uh, when you take a bunch of people who don't know how to do something and then give them control over a system, 
and they can't <laughs> do it, it fails. Yeah, we but, saw that in Zimbabwe. We saw that in China with the sparrows being killed out, wiping out an entire yeah, so population. Bad. Which I feel like famine. we see that even with the Trump yeah. administration. I mean, how so? Trump has put a lot of people in positions of power that are not preferably qualified. Like, are not. Oh, really he did. Like Ivanka John Trump. Bolton. John Bolton is definitely <laughs> the biggest one. In he was there. Uh, Jared Kushner. I mean, I was. Doing I don't know. Jared Kushner negotiated these historic peace deals, so I was looking into it, man. And Jared Kushner and all that kind of stuff. It's it's pretty corrupt. It's his daughter's he, he, husband. He, it's, yeah, it is. He I also mean, Donald but, Trump yeah. has literally Donald Trump yeah. has actually used the establishment to line his own pockets. How? Uh, well, for one, Donald Trump was because he of his position in government. He well, first of all, let me let me back up here. When Donald Trump uh, was facing, you know, critics and stuff, he said that once I become president, I will not do any more business dealings. Um, and he passed his business down to Eric and Don Jr. Um, fast forward a little while later, and there is a complex. It's worth $33 million, and it's a government-subsidized complex, okay? But the Trump, uh, I guess, Eric and Don Jr. technically want to sell this along with a bunch of other real estate as well. Well, it's a government-subsidized complex, right? So Donald Trump went over to his little buddy Ben Carson and had Ben Carson approve that purchase. So that's Donald Trump or the Trump family, essentially, right there making $33 million from selling a complex, a government-subsidized complex that he was only able to do because of his position in government. Yep. So that's really concerning I guess the, the, the question is – was the approval out of bounds or was the approval in bounds, but Trump was able to grease the wheels? Was the request officially made? I, is I there don't like know a record? Is there like a document yeah, of Donald can, Trump saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can I'll, 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 I'll tell you straight up. Uh, there was an advertisement for Trump properties on a State Department website hmm. that got like huge red flag and they had to get pulled. Donald Trump suggested using Trump Doral in Florida for what was it, the G7, I yeah. think. And there was a huge backlash even among conservatives saying, you can't do it. And he's like, but we're going to give the government a cheap rate. And they're like, we don't care. Right. Donald Trump used Trump properties for Air Force personnel who were like flying to Scotland mm -hmm. and then said, yeah, but we, we, we gave it to him at cost. And there was still a big backlash even from conservatives who are like, dude, you're still maintaining your business by right. doing this. So Trump got reamed pretty hard for that. Now, Joe Biden, <laughs> Joe Biden's son was flown on Air Force Two to China for a billion dollar private equity deal where his family was given a five million dollar forgivable interest free loan. And when Tony Bobulinski found out they took the money, we told him not to do it. He came out and blew the whistle and he and he said the Bidens are compromised. Or you've got the Ukraine Burisma deal where Matt Taibbi, a liberal formerly of Rolling Stone, reported there were at least a dozen or more investigations for criminal activity into Burisma where Joe Biden's son was working and Biden personally flew out after their PR company reached at the State Department saying, why are you investigating? Stop this now. Joe Biden goes out there and says, if you don't fire the prosecutor, you ain't getting a billion dollars. No, Quid pro quo. I can't. I cannot. I'm sorry. I can't. I, I can't those are facts. I can't stand by while this is. This those is are facts. No, no, no. This what do you contest? Complete it is. misinformation. No, no it so. isn't. Did you watch no, the video? Donald, Donald uh, first of all, Hunter Biden did not earn 1.5. I didn't say million? he did. Was it 1.5 I didn't say he did. 1.5 billion. I didn't say he earned any money. Did you not just say? I he, said he was flown in Air Force Two by Joe Biden to negotiate a private, a billion dollar private equity deal in China. That's yeah, a fact. Now, now I read about that and that's definitely not a good look for Hunter Biden. 100%. Why was, why, why was but, Joe Biden using government property to fly his son for private deals in China? Uh, I don't Whether know. they it's got probably, the deal was, or not. It was probably corrupt. It was probably corrupt. I mean, I'd say I, it was. I think there's corruption. Again, there's corruption on both sides here, but if I'm forced to choose between Donald What's Trump. What's the misinformation? Well, the, the misinformation here, I was referring to the, there's a lot of misinformation about the 1.5 million, but I know you didn't bring that million. up. 
1.5 billion, um, which that was only like a goal. They were trying to make 1.5 billion in capital. Um, Attempted murder, still a crime. And then you said that they uh, got a $5 million forgivable interest free loan. That I haven't, that I actually haven't heard about. But Joe Biden did not get that special prosecutor fired. You're wrong. You're you're so wrong. No, you, have, I'm not. you are so out of your depth, bro. No, you did no you see the video about. of him uh, talking about Joe, it? I it's my it's did my you see under- it? listen, it's yeah. my understanding that this prosecutor was fired for doing a poor job and that You're wrong. Biden, did can we name the prosecutor? Can, I don't know. Exactly. Can Victor we, Shokin. Can we he find was, out? Can we yeah, fact play check the video? It? Sure. Well, we're not I don't we're not going to play the video of Joe Biden saying, but uh I'll break it down for you because Matt Taibbi is not a conservative. The UK froze the assets of Mykola Zlachevsky. He's the guy who founded Burisma. So you, you don't have any idea what you're talking about right now. Okay. Zlachevsky was under criminal investigation. Mm-hmm. When Joe Biden intervened, there were at least a dozen investigations into him and this company. Hunter mm-hmm. Biden was put on the board for seemingly no reason, probably to garner influence. When asked about it, Hunter Biden w- was asked, if you weren't Joe Biden's son, would you have gotten this job? He says, probably not. Mm-hmm. So even it's his acknowledgement. That's why they brought him on. Right. We also have the emails where when he's, doing, when he's doing this Chinese negotiations, they talk about the big guy, and that was confirmed by Tony Bobulinski. I digress. Victor Shokin was the prosecutor who signed a sworn affidavit in court in Ukraine that said he was investigating active investigations. And Joe Biden intervened and put pressure on him. And he had a meeting with the president after the president was told, we're not going to get the billion dollars. And he said to him, you're being fired. And that was it. So when you have the PR company and these emails are publicly released, you should probably read them where they're saying, why are we being investigated? The vice president's son is on the board. And then what was like a couple months later, Joe Biden flies out there and gets the prosecutor fired. Here's the best part. If you're saying the prosecutor was doing a bad job, my question is, how come the new prosecutor who came in cleared Burisma of all wrong, cleared Zlachevsky of all wrongdoing, allowing him to return to Ukraine after he was under criminal investigation? And it's only after Donald Trump got in and started pressing things, he fled to Monaco. So if you don't know any of this, you can't just come on and say it's misinformation because I've done so much reporting on this. I just more want to know more about, the, more about whether Joe Biden actually played a role in getting the prosecutor fired. Oh, OK. Let's play I the mean, video. I, I don't want to see the video. I yeah. want to actually see an article. about. Do, it. do you, do you want to hear Joe Biden say I got him fired because he because they wanted a billion dollars and I held it over their head? He literally did say it. Do, do you think it's odd that Hunter Biden was getting paid tens of thousands of dollars in a position that everyone knew he shouldn't be in. He never had any the experience. The, the board bur- Burisma, yeah. The, the, the board position? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Um, I thought that he took an unpaid job with that. No, he got paid tens of thousands of dollars and uh, yeah, listen, he profited and, and here's a the lot thing is, is kind of like what I've already been saying is I recognize that there's corruption on both sides. It was to my understanding that Joe Biden didn't play a role in getting that prosecutor well, fired. But the, if I'm wrong, I'm let's, let's let's play the video. All yeah. right, let's let's listen to the video. So no, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said. I said call him. <laughs> I said I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here, and I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Got fired, and they put in place someone who was solid. Someone who was solid, who cleared Lachesky of all wrongdoing, and then after Trump got in, they reopened investigations, and he fled to Monaco. So it sounds like, based on the fact that the PR firm for Burisma was reaching out to the State Department, that Joe Biden admitted he used a billion dollars in guaranteed loans, something he's not allowed to do. That's what they accused Trump of doing. He doesn't have the authority to do it. Only Congress has the authority to do it. Joe Biden illegally said, you're not getting the billion dollars unless a prosecutor gets fired. Mm -hmm. Matt Taibbi, you know who Matt Taibbi is? Rolling Stone, liberal, hates Trump. 
wrote an article. He said how, how about how crazy it was that if you actually did any amount of basic journalism, you found a dozen or more active criminal investigations in this company. In fact, I, I don't know. Uh, there to- probably is. A, if I could just really quickly, like I will 100 percent concede again that, yes, there is corruption on both sides. I hadn't seen that video before, so I will be 100% yeah. willing to look more into that. Yeah, that's the video so if, that I was asking specifically. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you played that for me because, I mean, I'm always yeah. open to learning new information. And some, but also, come this on, is, I've been wrong yeah. about plenty of other things before, too. I'm not yeah. afraid to acknowledge yeah. it. Yeah, this is in the news also today as the Department of Justice just announced that they're investigating Hunter Biden specifically with his Burisma ties. Hmm. And that's today. That's today. Ooh, and well, that's there's good. also, Let's find out and there's also here. new emails showing that there's close to $400,000 that were unreported yeah. income from Burisma when it comes to Hunter Biden. So and it was dealings more there. than dollars a month. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And this is important to, to, you know, understand here on the backdrop of the attorney general resigning today, since, of course, William Barr actually hid a lot of this information before this election and also made sure that the subpoenas surrounding this particular investigation weren't released after the election. Now we're finding out some of these subpoenas. And this could be one of the reasons why William Barr, the attorney general, who said he saw the Epstein tapes that were supposedly deleted, resigned today. Sorry, that's another side topic that I just brought up. That is another side. But this is this is important news because this broke today and they're specifically looking at Burisma. So this could this could blow up in everyone's face very soon. Let's 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 pull the story real quick. It literally goes right back. It goes right back to what we were saying about the Dominion voting thing. Like I've heard different information than what I was just told now, but I would be more than happy to see an investigation into this. I don't want our politicians to be corrupt. Unfortunately, they both are. I mean, even like um, uh, Jared Kushner, like uh, I think it was a um, was it in Saudi Arabia? Yes, or? he negotiated better weapons deals for Saudi no, Arabia. No, that's not even what, with, I'm, th- what I'm talking yeah. about. I'm talking about um, another uh, radical Islamic country. I can't remember. Uh, no, it was Qatar. Um, and they said that Jared Kushner, allegedly, they said that Jared Kushner was in his pocket. So I think that there's a lot of corruption on both sides. And I think that if anything, like I, I didn't vote for Biden because I liked him. Okay. Not at all. I don't, I don't like Biden, but I was kind of stuck between Biden or Trump. And I felt like Biden in this instance was a little bit of a better option, especially as just as a dad, there were a lot of things I was seeing with what Trump was saying that I just couldn't align with. Uh, I mean, I know we talked about the flag burning thing, but even Trump's like uh 1776 commission um, with like trying to explicitly teach children a, a biased pro American viewpoint like my daughter's almost two and I don't want to think about it, but I know she's going off to school soon, right? I don't want her going and being taught like a brainwashed. Like, like the 1619 project, like they're right, teaching and, right now. Homeschooler. Well, well, hold on, hold on. Is the six, and this is something I want to know. Is the 1619 project being taught in schools? Yes. Is it a curriculum? Is it yes, a curriculum? It is. Really? Cause that is not what I saw when I read that. When I looked Whoa. at, did you guys outside? hear the wind blowing? Yeah, that was crazy. That was, awesome. was that outside? <laughs> yeah. What? What's going dark, on tonight? It's the dark like winter. Wow. It's the dark gone. winter is coming. Uh, Sixteen nineteen project and critical race theory. Critical race theory, more importantly, is being taught as basic curriculum across the country. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I believe that the sixteen nineteen project, although historically inaccurate and very stupid. Uh, I think that it's being taught in maybe some select schools, but it's not like a national curriculum, right? I'm pretty sure it. it well, maybe may, maybe New York Times like maybe project. you can say 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and schools are teaching it like crazy because these teachers, they, they hold this but ideology. See, that's, that's like crazy. Where? Where is it happening here? Where's this? Where's well, 16? you know, I follow James Lindsay for this stuff, to be honest. I, I don't know where the... I, I actually was unaware that the 1619 Project was being taught widespread the in teachers schools. teachers really like What is it? the gist but of it? The 1619? It's, it's a historically inaccurate account of basically America's founding. And they argue that America was founded on... Um, like... I don't even fully understand it either because I just know it's stupid. And From Education Next, educators around the country are indeed teaching the 1619 Project. What precisely students and other interested observers are learning is another question. The 1619 Project is certainly educational or at least instructive, but not the uh, not only in the ways it was intended. And they go on to explain what it is okay. in the classroom. Uh, yeah, Random so House Children book, Children's Books announced plans to publish four 1619 Projects. Books for young readers, one young adult, et cetera, et cetera. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that that would definitely be a problem. But I Would don't... it be better that they learned, like, a very patriotic pro-America no. or a very anti-America? It would be better for them to learn a the truth about America and not have a What's bias. What's the truth? The tr a, a historically accurate account of how America got started, right? Based on which which art, like, which uh, author, which literature? I, I don't know. Do you know? Well, so an example would be some might tell you, uh, notably, like the New York Times, that America truly started in 1619, right? That's I their think opinion. even the author of the 16th or even one of the people on 1619 acknowledged that it wasn't really historically accurate. Yeah, it's funny because only like way later after like they started getting attacked relentlessly nonstop, but they won Pulitzers for it. So this is this is just my problem, though, is see, this is Donald Trump trying to combat the 1619 project by doing something that I would argue is just as bad. I don't want a biased. Well, so, so what was his curriculum that he was going to teach? He was going to teach a pro patriotic, which would be explicitly biased in favor of America. That kind of a curriculum, like that's brainwashing also, right? Yeah. We want to teach kids the truth. And listen, here's something else. I promise you, I know this sounds like it's unrelated, but it is. Uh, one of the things I talk about a lot on my channel is fat, the fat acceptance movement, which are the, the body positivity people, the people that are really fat that claim that, oh, just who cares about health? Let's just love your body. I've always argued that if you love your body, you would work to change your body and work to improve it. And I think the exact same thing goes for the country. I, as a dad, like I want this country to be better. I want this country to be better for my kids. And I don't think that you can push for genuine and accurate change if you have a brainwashed interpretation of america and that do you like for, star wars that goes for the 1619 project as well not you, really no. you don't you don't like star wars not really did you watch the original yeah what did you think of that with like luke skywalker and you know yeah. tatooine and the death star of course what do you think about it yeah it's all right who, who, who do you think uh, uh do you do you like luke skywalker and the jedi yeah sure yeah you you think like you think what he did was cool I haven't watched that movie in a really long time. And admittedly, I have not researched on my Star Wars before coming on. Eh, but like, you know, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, you know, they were cool, right? They were sure. they were heroes. Yeah. Yeah. You think it's cool that some scraggly religious zealots from a desert planet took a cargo ship and blew up a military base? <laughs> that's Star I, Wars. I guess so. And that's, and, and that's not like, <laughs> that point is made by the left when they say people watch Star Wars and don't understand why they're cheering for it. They're cheering for a religious faction from a desert planet taking a cargo ship and, and fighter and rebel fighter pilots and then blowing up a military base mm -hmm. It's actually clerks. I think, you know, with the, you know, what was it? The Kevin Smith film made a really good point. They were contractors and janitors and like regular people just working on this base had no idea what was going on. Yeah, and they all got killed. According to the guy in clerks, they, people that are contractors have political bias. So they choose to exactly. work at those companies. So they may you have choose to work on a military base. So when Al Qaeda blows it up, that's your own fault. The point is, you talk about being pro, you know, Trump's pro-America view of the world. And it's like, 
Sure, you could argue that the founding fathers were insurrectionist terrorists who were just greedy slave owners and no, wanted that's, to that's... wanted to reject the crown because the crown wanted its cut. And 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 furthermore, the British were defending the seas for the American colonies. The ingrates were angry over a tea tax because they didn't want to pay their fair share. Well, I, I reckon... it's kind of ridiculous, right? Yeah, of course. And and I, I'm not saying that that's the alternative to Donald Trump's approach. What I'm arguing for is a just a historically accurate. Maybe that's what would have happened of the of history. Well, that's not that's and if that was how it was told, that wouldn't be historically yeah. accurate. Well, that's based on you know people's interpretation because you could interpret history in many different ways. But I agree with your point that our kind of higher learning institutions, our in our school institutions, are corrupted. But I don't think it's because of Trump. I think they're they've been like that for a very long time, especially since their institution under the Rockefeller policies that wanted to make good factory workers, and that's essentially what kind of school is in our modern day and age. Uh, so uh, there's a couple of things that come up to mind when you're talking about this. One interesting one was the recent decision by Cornell University that recently decided that they're going to be making the vaccine mandatory, the COVID-19 va- COVID-19 uh, vaccine mandatory, but only for white students. <laughs> I was really? wondering <laughs> yeah, what your... Yeah, it's a true story. Is that actually a true story? <laughs> yes, yes. Cornell vaccine mandate and wait, only the, applies to white students. And the, ba- and the best part is... Wait, wait, wait. It, hold on, hold on. There's one more, too. In Oregon, they're doing grants for COVID that only go to black businesses. Yeah. So it's yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, so when you have what? when you have institutions yeah. like that that are hired by, you know, the, the state can money... Can I have a little more context on that, Cornell? I, I could send you the article Let me pull it up. If, if you wanted. We could look yeah, into it. There's up, also yeah. another... That sounds bizarre. There, there's also another incident that I, I would love to get your kind of feedback on. In New York City, we have the schools superintendent literally arguing and trying to make it a mandate that if there's a poor white kid and a middle class or rich black kid, that school resources should predominantly go to the black kid, not to the poor white kid. We got it. From the College Fix, Cornell vaccine mandate only applies to white students, saying, quote, we recognize that due to longstanding systemic racism and health inequities in this country, individuals from some marginalized communities may have concerns about needing to agree to such requirements. For example, historically, the bodies of the black, indigenous and people of uh, and people of color have been mistreated and used by people in power, sometimes for profit or medical gain. It is understandable that the current compact requirement may feel suspect or even exploitative to some BIPOC members of the Cornell community. Additionally, recent acts of violence against black people by law enforcement may contribute to feelings of distrust or powerlessness. While the university strongly recommends that non-white students comply voluntarily because longstanding social uh, inequalities and health disparities have resulted in COVID-19 disproportionately affecting BIPOC individuals, they will be granted an exemption if they cite their racial identity. (laughs) I mean, that's that's definitely very bull. That's definitely like some bullshit right there. I think what they're doing is like, because systemic racism, for example, is 100% a real thing, but that is probably the dumbest, most idiotic way imaginable all of what it is but it's not though because you have like you do have your name me a good policy you have your what do you mean like name a name if if that's an example of like doing it wrong what's an example of rectifying systemic racism correctly sure so in these for example uh majority black communities where they are have much more rates of poverty and higher rates of crime uh obviously the reason for the high crime rate is because of poverty so i would uh, like I'm not a policy maker, but I would like to see more investment into those areas because if we were, for example, able to open up better businesses, give people more jobs, hire people, that's one step one. Uh, step that's two, gentrification. 
You're talking about sending in the white upper class to black neighborhoods to gentrify the neighborhood no. to price them out. No, You're no, a racist. No, 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 no. I'm not arguing for that at all. No, I'm not. Then, what, then, I'm, then, then no, what, what I'm arguing for is investing in that country. What that, money? Where, where, does the, where does the money come from? It might be. I, this I, is called gentrification. No, when gentrification the city, is when the city, when white people move in and then rent prices go up. That's that, that's a simplification. Yeah. Gentrification. If they come in and they start putting all this money into buildings and infrastructure, and then the property values are skyrocketing, these black families are going to get priced out, taxed out. They're going to kicked out. That's not what I want to happen. What I want to see happen is more business investments. Let me, specifically. So let me ask you a question. If more businesses start popping up in these neighborhoods, right? Mm-hmm. Will property value go up? You tell me. Yeah, well, the answer is yes, of course. Mm-hmm. More, more business means more taxes, means more commerce, more tax revenue, better streets, better buildings, better repairs, and tax, tax goes up, right? Right. What do you think happens to these poor black families who now can't pay the higher tax rates because their property value went up? Well, that's the problem right there is, see, I don't want these big companies to just come in, start opening up and then raising the prices. What I want is to see a proper investment into this area where not only is it just people coming along. Investment from who? Into what? Listen, listen, listen. You you understand what you're saying is extremely racist. You're promoting the eviction of black families. Pricing. No, 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 no. What you're doing is you're trying to use this like liberal hypocrisy thing on me. I know. It, no, I know. No, what no, no. Here, what, what, I'm, what I'm telling you is you, what you're advocating for by the left is considered wrong. I don't care what the left thinks. I'm not a leftist. But I'm not so on the left or the right. So, so, I stand by listen, like, my positions. That's what I do. What, what, I, what I'm telling you that you're proposing a policy to end systemic racism you're, you're not. That's not my policy. That's would be one you, option you, you, here. Okay, so so be, listen. Another option would be we need to stop funding schools with the taxes collected in that neighborhood, obviously, because that creates a vicious cycle where then you have poor people going to shit schools and it repeats forever. That's another uh, example of what we can do to fix it. But again, I'm not a policymaker, and I recognize that what I've said about investing in those areas is a rather uh, surface level and simplified version of what I think could help. For me, I'm more interested in talking to people about systemic racism right now because we first have to acknowledge that the problem even exists before we can f- go about fixing the problem. And how, how would you define systemic racism? Well, I define systemic racism a little differently than I think a lot of people would. For me, uh, systemic racism would be it's oftentimes like you can see it in history and then you can see it today still. So you can see where that racist policy was created, how it affected blacks and how it's still affecting them today. In my or mind, any other minority group or any other minority yeah. group. Sure. Like systemic racism, majorly, majorly, that's not right. majorly, majorly, <laughs> yeah. majorly affects like black people for the most part. But yeah, there other people can be victims of systemic racism, too. Does it? Hmm? Does it pr- predominantly affect black families or black people? Yeah. And that's because <clears throat> and that's because a lot of the reasons that black people are in the position they are today is, of course, because of historical racist policies from America. Like redlining is a perfect example. And um, blockbusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's plenty of them, even the war on drugs, right? Which, I mean, Joe Biden further exacerbated with the crime bill. Like, there's plenty CIA, of... CIA. Luke, you know about CIA and crack, right? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. With, there was uh, also the um the, the, the crack versus cocaine thing. Right? Let, let, me, let me tell you, uh, the modern left right now doesn't understand what systemic racism is, and neither does the right. They think systemic means institutionalized. And so it's really hard to have a conversation with people about systemic racism mm-hmm. because they immediately think institutionalized. Right. So their response immediately is like, well, then tell me about an institution that's like, no, 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 no. I'm talking about systemic. Right. And they say, well, you mean historical. I'm like, yes, that's what systemic meant. The system created a problem. It's, it's, it, we're not talking about the institution of policing or hospitals or schools. We're talking about the easiest example I give to people is, uh, cause I did a documentary on this, uh, Pruitt, I go, uh, commu- public housing in St. Louis. 
the St. Louis County racial housing covenants in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize that St. Louis isn't, a, isn't one city. When people say St. Louis, they're referring to like 90 different cities. Mm-hmm. All of these little tiny cities that surround it going westward that were formed because people, white people were fleeing the inner city due to increasing poverty and crime and, be, and because of racism. Mm-hmm. They, they created new townships and then immediately enacted racial covenants. So these are laws that are no longer legal. Right. But it basically created a system that created a two tier like I'm oversimplifying things for sure. But you basically create two tracks where one is doing well and one is doing poorly. You get rid of the laws that made this problem happen, like redlining or blockbusting. And now we're dealing with the generational after effects of why these people are in in poverty, why there's crime in their areas. The problem is we're now at a point now where after we've gotten rid of the racist, racist laws, we, we, we had racist law. We had racial covenants. And now we have the modern left advocating for bringing back racial law. And I'm like, well, that's the stupidest idea you've ever heard. Uh, like talking about in, policies directed towards different races or affirmative action like policies. Mm-hmm. You're just talking about creating more laws. Like look at it this way. If you went back in time and, and, and said, we're going to create a law for white people to protect them, then people would argue, but it's just a positive thing. It doesn't hurt them. It's, it's you know, well, no, it, it's creating a disproportionate effect, which will result in one, you know, group of people doing better than the other, which will lead to poverty, crime and other detriments because you're essentially, you know, you can make the argument, but ultimately you have a two track system, create mm-hmm. systemic racism. Today, they're saying basically the same thing. And if you look at like Ibram X. Kendi, his argument is that we need more discrimination. That's what we need, more discrimination. And that's like, okay, he would have fit in really, really well with the people in the 50s who wanted separate but equal. Right. That's basically what he's advocating for. More, He says the solution to past discrimination is present discrimination. Or I can't remember the exact quote, but it was, it was something like that. It past present discrimination, what, towards white people? No, to, uh, towards everybody. Oh, like he just wants to continue being. Yeah. So, so his idea is like, you know, I'm trying to steal man his argument that if you have people who are disproportionately affected by past, you know, historical precedent and laws, then we need to target different communities based on race and discriminate positively or negatively, meaning negative towards one group that's doing too well, like Asians, for instance, and positive towards the Latinos who aren't doing as well. Yes, yeah, see, I would disagree with that entirely. I don't think that we should be stifling one to try to bring them down. I think what we should try to be doing is helping the communities that are where they are today because of American policies and the history of uh, the past get to where everyone else is. I don't, uh, I've never agreed with this idea of tearing <laughs> one down to try to bring one up kind of crap. Yeah. Uh, I know that there's a lot of like lib cucks and people that advocate for crap like that. Um, but no, I would never be in favor of anything. Well, there's different issues to really kind of consider here because if you're going to, if you're going to try to help people who are hurt historically, mm-hmm. you know, what about the Polish people who were subjugated by the Nazis and then the USSR? Like, well, there's, there, there's, there's is, also, I mean, we that, can, we yeah. can go about, like, I think there are going to be different ways that we can address different kind of historical, uh, like oppressions, but, the main reason that I think it's so important that we focus on black people in America right now is because this is a really prevalent example of where a huge group of people are still being greatly disproportionately affected by policies that although are no longer like on the books, the results of that pol- those policies still exist, right? So the problem now is having done away with those laws, we've at an end with uh, the passing of things like Loving v. Virginia, we've now created not just one community. It's not just the black community anymore. It is the, impo- the, 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 you know, poor neighborhoods. And I'm not saying, you know, not all black neighborhoods are poor. If you look at where Obama was, you know, in Hyde Park, it's, it's, it's very well off. Right. So targeting it based on race is a mistake. 
you don't like we don't want to we don't think the Obama family needs help. Certainly not. They're some of the smartest and most accomplished people in the world. Well, I do think I the, so singling out race would be, you know. Well, I mean, obviously, it's not to say that all black people are living in poverty. And I wouldn't say that to fix systemic racism, we have. So to. the answer is class based resolutions. Well, I would argue that the reason see the reason that black people are in poverty is because specifically because they are black because they were discriminated against because of that. So I, that's a bold statement. Yeah, that what, is extremely yes, dangerous. Black to people say. are black people were historically discriminated against, and that's why they are today. That's what we were just agreeing on. This I feel show. like I've had more than enough uh, guests on this show who would completely disagree with you and are literally black. See, the, the problem. Well, I don't with, care what. I mean, that's identity politics. I'm not concerned about what the, 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 black the, people think. I, I'm more. Worried you're not about concerned with what black people think. Here's no, a white I'm, guy I'm, saying you I'm know what's cons- right for their community, and no, you don't care what they no, think. No, no, not at all. I'm, what I'm saying and is that they're that all in, poor. No. <laughs> Yo, did I did I say that no. all black people were poor? Did I say that black all black people? It was are poor? very generalized. Uh, no, did I did I say that all black people were poor? No. You no, said that they're poor. The sole reason they're poor is because they're black. No, I. Oh, good one, Tim. Isn't that no. what you said? What did you say? No, I said they are they are discriminated against for being black. So it is ba- it's based on race because they were discriminated against in the past because of their race, right? Obviously, they're not poor because they're black. They're poor because bl- that black people are disproportionately poor because black people were discriminated against in the past because of their race. That's wrong. You know why? Why? Because what about immigrants who came here like ten years ago? That's entirely different, actually. Are you talking about um uh, Nigerians, Haitians? I mean, I, I'm not too familiar with Haitians, but I know Nigerians, for example, are cited a lot of the times as an example of, uh, like, how can systemic racism exist? And a lot no, of- No, I, I agree systemic racism exists. I just think that we shouldn't use race as the factor because you've got multi-generations of families that have now existed outside of the confines of racial covenants and racial laws. You well, have you immigrants think- for generations who have come in and face completely different circumstances. Sure. And if individuals are racist, there's no real hard solution for that because, you know, people still have some level of freedom to associate. Now, I, I'm actually fairly liberal on a lot of issues, particularly like I think if you're operating a business in public, you have to serve the public within reason. So like I actually agree that, you know, we should have laws saying you want to run a bakery and someone comes in and says I require service, you give it to him. Now, the specific example with the, the baker in Colorado was that he wouldn't write a message. It's very different that that I actually think he shouldn't have to do. But if I own a own a shop, you shouldn't be able to say this particular group is barred from entry. That's wrong. Sure. Yeah. So if 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 we're dealing with a way to solve systemic racism, which exists, it's actually impossible to solve by using racial law or saying we're going to give money to a community based on their race. Because well, you'll get, we, you'll end up giving a Haitian immigrant, you know, sure, and, I'm and not, it's not the same circumstances. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think that this is a bit of a mis- misrepresentation. And again, I I understand that I, I I'm not a policymaker here. So, but uh, no, I'm not saying we just go give money to to black communities. I'm saying we would invest in yes, in those poor communities that oftentimes, unfortunately, tend to be black as well. And the reason for that is because of historical inequality. So I'm not saying that racial laws are the solution, but I'm saying that acknowledging that black people are where they are today, largely because they were discriminated against because of their race. That's just the fact of the matter. It was they got a bunch of the slaves It basically came from they're discriminated against because they were like the the descendants of slaves and didn't have any money coming out. There was no historical wealth. When we look at when we look at American history, we see a history of a lot of immigrants, of a lot of discrimination. Mm -hmm. A lot of different groups were discriminated against. Yeah. But I particularly wanted to get your point on the New York City school superintendent saying 
when there's school when there's school resources, it shouldn't go to the poor white kid. It should go to the middle class and even upper class black kid. Yeah, I mean that's dumb. That's, okay, that's very right. dumb. Obviously, I mean, yeah. we're we're talking about uh, this is like this is such a huge problem that the left does all the time, which is where we are criticizing systems and then they apply or then they apply that to an individual, which is really really a problem. I mean, white privilege is like a perfect example. Like you can talk about on a statistical level, white people might have some level of privilege over other groups but if you then go up to one single white guy and be like screw off privileged white boy that's like a problem because it's you're supposed to be compassionate towards people and ruthless towards systems right that's uh kind of like what, what i like to the, big, the bigger problem i think with like the concept of white privilege is that it's actually majority privilege you know like if you, you you can't even like you personally would not succeed or survive at all in east asia Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. and I do think that, yeah, it is partially majority privilege for sure. It's like whichever whichever group tends to have more access and more wealth and control of more systems, people tend to favor. So, so I'm just going to be straight up with people. This is a fact. They teach you this in sales. Sales 101. You got to run, man. You got to run fast. So they teach people this in sales that people react better to those who look like themselves. Mm -hmm. So naturally, if you've got a big area that's 99% white, you know, these people who don't interact with other groups and people who look differently, then there's going to be a bias and it's going to be harder for that person to succeed in that, in that environment. And especially if they're like, uh, like a white person going to East Asia, like you can't even own property in some of these countries. Yeah. That's terrible. You, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's terrible. I mean, you tell them that they'll tell you to get, to go away and you can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, what's causing that? Yeah. It's not my RV, which you try to blame. <laughs> but another thing, but I have to say, one of my favorite things is, is seeing manual labor, low paying job people being lectured by Hollywood billionaires about their privilege. Mm -hmm. I think that's also another phase here that people need to realize. There's a lot of establishment kind of corporatist mm -hmm. language kind of pushed in this that, as you could say, is very virtual signaling. Cringy. And, yeah, it's yeah. very cringy. And, and I'm happy you could at least admit that, and we could have an honest dialogue and Dude, conversation. I, you got to remember, I used yeah. to be like the wrecked feminist yeah. guy. I'm not here to like no, be no, a no. libcock shill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I appreciate the conversation because we could understand where you're where you're coming from, and we For could sure. understand your point of view and perspective. And and it's not just my party's always right. You know, yeah. you're willing to kind and of not also at all. See, that's I would 100. Yeah. I would concede that easily. Very, yeah, would you, easily. yeah. And yeah, I think I mean, that's critically important, and that's something that's especially missing in today's day and age of dialogue which is all dominated by it's I'm better my than side, you this side. exactly and you know that's another big thing that i was that as i kind of found myself sort of going away from the right that i really discovered is um how harmful labels seem to be also i mean this idea that like oh i don't know if i can support this idea because that's a liberal idea or that's a right-wing idea i'm so sick and tired of that for now like i just like to look at ideas that i support or that i don't support and why i support them or why i don't and go with it that way. I'm not concerned if it's generally a liberal thing or a right wing thing. And I think that that's, I think that sort of like looking past labels is an important step in trying to find an agreement because I think that like white privilege is a really good example. So like far too many times people hear white privilege, right? And instantly they're like, oh, okay, this is just a stupid liberal. I don't need to listen to anything that this person's saying, which is understandable considering most of the time that we hear about white privilege, you're right. It comes from virtue signaling little smug losers that think that, oh, I need to go lecture the working class on how they're actually privileged. Hmm. What white privilege actually is, and when it's explained in a proper way, it's only accepting, it's only acknowledging that uh, white people, most likely, 
will not be facing difficulties because of their race, whereas that's much more likely to happen to black people. So you can be like a poor white person. And when someone says you have white privilege, first of all, I would disagree yeah. with telling a poor white person they have white privilege well, to begin with. Well, I would say that's a very kind of generalized kind of statement. And it all depends on the circumstance, all depends on the situation, all depends also on the location that you're in. So, sure. you know, that I mean, a good example would be that there was a, um, um, a study done several years ago now where they I'm sure you've all, all heard of this study, actually, where they sent out a bunch of uh, job applications. Um, some of them had like, cliche white sounding names and then others had black sounding names they had the identical qualifications okay the the uh, uh um the black names were far more likely to not get a callback compared to the white names so i think that's an example where maybe it's easier sometimes for white people to get a job simply because i have a standard white name Wasn't and maybe that... that is majority privilege maybe you can call it a majority privilege i mean but th that's still a there's privilege. laws in california where your board members have to be a specific color ruling the other way there's a lot of quotas in government agencies that mandate you have a specific person of this ethnicity or this ideology yeah. or sex inside of your, your your business so i mean that particular study i'm not aware of i would like to look into it and study it more <clears throat> But uh, there's also I, the opposite happening, which needs to be called out as well. I don't like quotas either. I mean, yeah. I think that's a pretty generally bad idea to try. And what you do is you don't get genuine push for diversity or genuine people that like appreciate having a diverse workplace. Instead, you get people that are doing it just because they have to. And right? it hurts everyone in the long run. It hurts everyone in the long run. And also, if I could just add really quickly, like there have also been studies that found that diversity does benefit the workforce and that when there's diversity in the workplace, like productivity is better, creativity is better. Uh, efficiencies better all that so i agree that diversity makes the workplace better but i think when you're forcing that under like a quota then yeah you kind of fall back into that cringy corporate Def define diversity um i mean it would really depend i guess on on the context it could be racial diversity uh it could be um diversity between like men and women i guess um i know that there are there were some kind of was it the grammys quota or something the the, the the general idea is that diversity of opinion will lead to better success because you're getting a wide range of options mm -hmm. and then you work through to find the best one. What's happened is that the left is kind of right. When they say diversity, you know, strength, it's like, yeah, but when your idea of diversity is ideological homogeneity and people just look different, that's not actually diversity. Right. The original idea was that if you have someone from India and someone from the U.S. collaborating on a project, they're going to have wildly different perspectives, mm -hmm. which can actually result in finding a solution a singular ideological group could not discover. Right. Instead of, you know, actually saying, we want people of varying thoughts and opinions and backgrounds to come together, they're saying, so long as you all completely agree politically and look different, we've accomplished diversity, which right. of course is not. Which You'll is end up with a bunch of people who can't actually solve any problems because they'll think the same thing. Right. And I, I mean, that's obviously, that's, that's obviously cringeworthy. I'm all for diversity of thought, um, as well as I'm all for diversity. I mean, you'll hear a lot of conservatives like criticize multiculturalism, for example. That's a pretty common buzzword I hear from a lot of people on the right. But multiculturalism and diversity ultimately has only gone to better our country, ultimately. Define multiculturalism. Uh, multiple different cultures in our country. So, like, which cultures though? I, I just I know that generally speaking, like right now, we are a multicultural country because we have plenty of different cultures in our country. Um, and like we're the world superpower. Right? We have subcultures, but 
you know, the problem right now is that there's actually there's there's two dominant cultures and it's resulting in people killing each other in the streets. What's, what do you mean? Well, like the like Michael Reinald shooting, you know, Aaron Danielson twice in the chest is a cultural difference. So when when conservatives say multiculturalism, they're referring to two, you know, more than one culture, com- you know, existing coexisting next to each other without an overarching parent culture guiding the actions of all the individuals within. So uh, the, so leftists usually think multiculturalism works. America is a good example. If you're talking about, say, like Ukrainian village in Chicago, Little Italy, Chinatown mm-hmm. and things like that, what you're saying is that all of these different communities have agreed to abide by American Americans cultures and norms. Oh, n- no. When did I say that? I'm, I'm saying you like the rhetorical you like when 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 the left argues for multiculturalism, uh-huh. they're explaining that you've got America as this big umbrella and a bunch of smaller cultures underneath it. So if you come as it's like a, a someone from China comes to the U.S. and opens a restaurant and brings their family, they abide by American laws and American customs and free speech and courts and all the all those rules that don't exist in China. It's one of the reasons many people want to come here. What the right is saying is that if you have leftists, socialists, communists, SJW critical race theory, and you have it next to a different culture, which is libertarianism, individualism, etc., they clash, they fight, and they rip each other apart. Mm-hmm. In that sense, multiculturalism doesn't work. In the sense of having a bunch of different immigrant communities all abiding by American law and norms, multiculturalism does work. Hmm. Depends on how you define it. Yeah. But I think the general idea of multiculturalism, if, taken, if you take the word at face value, multicultures. Well, Jesus can Christ. You, yeah, yeah, I got it. I don't know what's going on. It's to call probably the wind and it's also pro- the weather conditions outside that are probably yeah. adding yes, to this. I just always hear the beep and then I'm like, the Pop-Tarts must be burned. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, if we're still rolling, uh, as Tim takes care of this, was there a specific kind of blue pill moment for you that turned you to that side? Was there a moment a or an instant? Moment. Well, there's like the red pill, blue know, pill, that kind of analogy. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, yeah. I think you could describe it better. But was there one incident? Was there one moment? Was there one thing that happened to you that, that made you kind of switch over yeah i mean there was definitely it was definitely not like one thing um not at all it was a very long process actually and um it's funny because i know you had vosh on here a couple a couple weeks ago but um he's actually a big part of this story so um what happened was you know after i uh, uh found out that my then girlfriend was pregnant i went through a lot of personal issues and thought that i had made some mistakes here and there and Long story short, I turned out to be completely wrong about my initial approach to like how I was handling this and like. Sorry, sorry we're just dealing with the. No, 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 keep going, keep going. Just pull it out. It just, I was, I was, I thought this was like something like breaking up with my then girlfriend at the time was something that I really did feel strongly about. And I thought it was the right decision after doing a lot of like thought into it. And this was something that I was really, really serious about and believed really strongly. And then it turned out to be catastrophically totally wrong and so i think that kind of set in motion this sort of subconscious like if i was so wrong about something i thought i was so right about is there anything else like this in my life and it was around this time of like a lot of contemplating right when i was challenged to a debate by vosh none other than than vosh right he uh and you know we 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 had a long debate and obviously i think he beat me um and he particularly provided some pretty good points on LGBT issues, which I know we're not really going to talk about that today. But since that was something that I was so notorious and like being against um, and that kind of further set in motion, I was like, wow, now not only am I kind of contemplating my ideas, but now I'm being challenged and seeing a lot of data that seems like it's 
pushing back against what I originally thought about some of these subjects. So from there, I just went on to do my own research and kind of went through it. And it wasn't until April of this year that I actually announced I'd left the right. So a lot of people will say, oh, Hunter lost one debate with yeah. a fat communist and then became a liberal. That's not what happened. <laughs> so let's make sure uh, yeah. it's, the, you know. Earlier, you talked about the importance of the traditional family. Mm -hmm. uh, that seems also in line with a lot of things that are happening in our society that's breaking down. Because if you look at the traditional family, you could see it in decline. A lot of people kind of point to it for a lot of the problems in our society. Do you also see it the same way or... Well, what do you, well, or, or why do you have such a, you know, strong value and strong, strong opinion on traditional families? Yeah. I mean, I think that if you're raising children, traditional families or the nuclear family, meaning two parents raising the kid, I think that that is undisputed that that's the best environment for the child. So for me, I support traditional households when you're raising kids because just because that is proven to be the best thing for the child right now. Um, but I wouldn't support traditional, like I, I'm fine with people living their lives however they want. I'm tr I'm all about traditional family for myself, and I think that has a lot of benefits for raising kids, but I don't think that that should be prescribed on anyone else. So if the traditional family is in, like, decline or not, I'm not as concerned about that because I like to assume – now, I don't – I would want to know why it's declining, right? But I like to assume that it's probably because of people choosing to either pursue different career paths or – Maybe more, you know, more people are able to be gay or be bisexual or who knows? Like, I think there's a lot of different reasons there. That's not particularly a concern of mine, though. Like, I'm as long as the reason behind it is good. I don't really have a problem with that. Got it. So what do you uh, what do you read for news? All over. I just I read all over it. I, I don't have like one source that I go to. I, I may usually what will happen, right, is I'll see something on Twitter and I'm like, I don't know about that. And then I go and look into it from there and then. You know, or it's it's just if it's a subject that I'm interested in, I'll I'll research it on and read from different sources. Um, so I, I don't it's know. the it's the biggest deter, uh, determining factor in your political alliance is what you read for news. Really, the left overwhelmingly trusts mainstream news organizations, mm -hmm. even though they're caught endlessly lying and exaggerating and and you know putting out garbage, yeah. and the right completely distrusts them. So the right tends to go to either right, right leaning outlets or often to their own detriment, like fringe outlets that often has, have a bunch of bunk information as well. So that's like the it's two, like two sides of one yeah. coin, right? Just, it's like different ways to get a bad news diet. Right. Exactly. You know, so it's like, but the, the interesting thing is there's, there's a, uh, one study I often said all the time. It's on my Twitter somewhere. The, uh, liberals or the left, I hate calling them liberals because they're not liberal, but the left gets 95% of their news from, mainstream or left biased sources hmm. moderates get 60 percent from left biased sources and 30 percent from right biased sources the right it's inverted 60 percent right 30 percent left hmm. so conservatives know what the left is thinking the left doesn't know what the right is thinking as evidenced my favorite example is when the hashtag proud boys was taken over by the left and it was a bunch of photos of you know gay men kissing and then they were like take that proud boys you know calling them homophobes and stuff and then people started posting the photo of Gavin McInnes, the founder of the Proud Boys, making out with Milo Yiannopoulos. Like, I don't think you guys know anything about this group. 
And they clearly didn't. So they're all doing these clap back, snap backs, thinking they they're they're owning the cons. And I don't really think that no oh. idea or <laughs> inserting an item up somewhere, which we will mention on this show. Yeah, uh, yeah, but another thing to really watch out if you're getting your news from from like social media is the echo chambers that are naturally created there by oh, yeah. the algorithms Did you that literally the, um, give you what you want to read to keep you on their platform. Yeah, longer. yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I do not get my news for yeah. social media. I recognize. Did you watch um that Netflix documentary a little while back on the social um, dilemma? The social dilemma. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. It, yeah. it talks about how the algorithms on these social media platforms are designed to keep on feeding you the stuff that you're already like. Yeah. So yeah, you do get into an echo chamber. So I don't get my news from social media. What I mean is, if I see something on social media, I never take it at face value. What I usually like to do to form my opinion on something is I like to read about it from multiple different sources. Um, and I would prefer actually to read a far left bias source, a far right bias source, and then hopefully somewhere a little more in the middle and the neutral. So, I mean, that's obviously oversimplifying it. But. Yeah, absolutely. Well, considering the power is going out, I think we've been having a really great conversation, so I want to keep going. But uh, let's jump over to Super Chats, and then we'll just, you know, carry on from there, because we got to, we have a lot. Uh, unfortunately, due to the power outages, we lost the first hour of Super Chats. <gasps> well, the lost the, the lo- that we lost the first 40 minutes, kind oh of a bummer. Gosh. That is a bummer. Yep. Should I read solar. this? Should I read the really mean ones, or should I just try and keep things there's, constructive? No, there's a lot of one direction. Say no, don't read them. They're all mean towards you. They're all mean towards me. <laughs> Some of them are okay, but that's that's the point. Like you know. All right, go ahead. Hit me up. I can handle the hate. <laughs> Monolithic Ethos says Hunter is afraid to debate act, uh, debate actual Justice Warrior. <laughs> See, I don't know if it's like gonna it's gonna spark uh, drama or something. No, no, reason. no. It's it's fine. Don't don't worry about that. We can go to the next one. Just, <laughs> that's that is this one. You know what I'll tell you? That's this one dude who has like this like small little following that's made like ten plus videos on me. Oh, he's like, fan. Oh, yeah, no, he's like, it's so creepy and annoying. And then and he's also been caught misrepresenting data multiple different times. So I told him this. I said, yeah, I'm not really interested in debating you, and you're super slippery, and I've seen you lie about data multiple times. And of course, now, you know, it's actually because I'm too afraid. So continue. <laughs> Positive Gerald says, this kid gone learn today. Perhaps. Perhaps. Nanya Beeswax says, America first is inevitable. Okay. Let's see. John Schwalb says, Hunter has no idea how the adoption system is built. The kids waiting for adoption are handled by the state. Babies given to adoption agency have couples wait for a year till the baby becomes available. You know, I've, I've, I've read a bit about that. What like, it's that? really hard. There's, like, a long wait times and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's really challenging to adopt, but I don't see how that's an argument against gay people having the right to adopt, right? I think we got to get as many of these, you know, kids without parents to parents. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's a, yeah. yeah. It's such a process. That's why so many people go to Russia and China to adopt their yeah, children, which is a lot easier and a lot and quicker than going through the process in the United States. Which is a problem in and of itself. So right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this next Super Chat, but I want to say first and foremost, uh, we, we, were, we were discussing some things before the show, and... I have, I, I don't care about people's opinions. If you tell me that you feel, you know, we should do this thing this way, I'll tell you why I disagree or whatever. But I can't tell, you can't tell someone their opinion is wrong. But Dane Miller says, this dude left, left the right and became extremely misinformed. Thank you, Tim, for showing him the way. Been watching for a long time now. Keep up the good work. Here's my first donation. Merry Christmas. So I think that there's one moment we've had where I think you were misinformed. And that's the Hunter Biden stuff in Burisma. Yes, I will. And I that's, will. And, and, and if you didn't know and you know that's fine, my opinion on whether or not Joe Biden is a bad person is my opinion. The facts are he did these things. My conclusion is, is, you know, after the fact. Sure. Sure. All right, let's see. 
Tom says, Tim, did you hear about the 1.95 million Chinese Communist Party members embedded with Western governments or corporations that got exposed the other day? I did hear about that. And I'm sort of waiting on it because two things. Have you noticed the U.S. media kind of not reporting on it? Yeah, yeah. the British and Australian (laughs) press are going crazy with this. I covered this in my video. This is amazing. I mean, we're talking about thousands of communist Chinese party members infiltrating institutions of influence all over the world. We're talking about individuals being a part of making the vaccine. 123 communist Chinese party. Party me, party members were on this list that helped make the COVID-19 vaccine. And again, when we look at China and, the, and their coronavirus records, there's a lot to worry about here. But when it t- comes to intellectual property being stolen, when it comes to even these, br- these Chinese agents working inside of the British consulate, we're talking about huge implications Luke, that are extremely vast. I'm going to blow your mind right now. Go ahead. One of these Chinese communist agents was elected president. I'm kidding. Yeah, I don't think we have that. We have a, Joe a, Biden. A lot of come on, that was the joke. I know. I know. It's, a, it's a dad joke, I guess. Uh, we'll it was a little dad bit. joke. I no, didn't say it was I, a good joke. I was gonna say I'm the you dad. Gotta, we, gotta, we, we gotta run. We gotta run, man. You gotta run, dude. <laughs> yep. Go eat. Because we're gonna our, our computer's gonna shut off. This thing can only handle a few minutes of downtime. We have like a 10 minute buffer before it shuts That's off. Still completely. pretty impressive. We're still live though this time because That's I switched amazing. to the satellite internet. Ooh. So we're still streaming, even though the power cut out. Here's all the you know what we're going to have to do? Because this is a new thing, but it is. The wind was so loud. We heard it in here. People yeah. are mentioning in Super Chat. The wind loud. is probably causing surges, yeah. or, which, which is resulting in outages. So yeah. welcome to living that in the mountains. Man. Yep. So, uh, yeah, you, you voted for uh, communist Chinese uh, Joe Biden. You must be <laughs> glad. that I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. JR says, you made a really good point, Tim. I own a small corporation. I have six employees plus myself. I pay them between ten and fifteen dollars an hour. I made fifty k last year. Yeah, that was uh, uh that that's that's a story. I I literally went to an accountant and I was like, what do you think about this? How's this going to impact you? And the guy was a Democrat. He was like, he voted for Democrat. He's in New Jersey. He votes for Democrats all the time. And he was like, they just don't know what they're doing when they raise wages. It's a shock to the system, like punching them in the gut. We want wages to go up. But it feels like a seven-year-old solution. You know what I mean? Like you, you're sitting there and you're you're hanging out with your friend, like your friends, and you're all drinking your beers and you're and you're talking about the economy. And your kid walks up and he's seven years old, and then your kid stops and he's listening. And you say, you know, one of the problems we have is we need more buying power for the for the working class and the lower class. But if they're only making ten bucks an hour, you know, we need to figure out how to get those wages up. And he goes, the government should just make it so that you have to you have to pay them more. And you're like, okay, you, you can't just say that, like, the money doesn't exist. If a small business doesn't have the money to pay people, they can't just do it. Right. But, but if the government says it, then they have to pay it. It's like, okay, dude, you need to sit down. We did it. I think there are benefits to increasing the minimum wage, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. It means that if everyone in the U.S. is getting paid the same, they can buy foreign goods because the, the rate, the, the labor in other countries doesn't change. And if, say, like, the minimum wage increases in a big city, it's easier for the people in the big city to buy goods that are produced in lower uh, cost of living areas. Hmm. So there's, that's one benefit to a national minimum wage increase. The problem is it has to be done in such a way that doesn't just shock the system right. and result in businesses shutting down, yeah, exactly. which is, I think, what they will probably end up doing. Well, I think there's a reason the super powerful corporations are always calling for more taxes and regulations. It's because it's going to help them out in the long run. Let's see. Freestyle says, Tim Pool, China is not to be a part of the TPP. Check what TPP is about. Well, the TPP doesn't exist anymore. It was, it was crushed and China was not a part of it. But the new trade agreement in the Pacific does include China. No. 
The new trade agreement doesn't include no, it China. Doesn't know. Are you sure? Yeah. Because we we did a segment on this ago. before. I'm pretty sure. No, they're not involved. I'll look it up. And the one with like Canada and these other countries. Yeah. Well, that's good news, I guess. Well, there you go. Um, maybe that's what they're referring to, the new deal, the new uh, trade agreement. Well, there's probably going to be a lot of tariffs. There's going to be probably less of a trade war between China and the United States with a Biden presidency. And well, I think we're going to see that. As we heard from Di Dongsheng, it is tremendous good news that Trump mm-hmm. lost, wink, wink, as the audience laughs, because uh, they're the ones who helped Hunter Biden become as wealthy as he is. The one that, the one that got yeah. created is called the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership. This is the new one. The new one. China's the not in it. TPP-11 or TPP-11. No, no, not China. It's Australia, oh, okay. Brunei, Canada, Chile, Japan, Malaysia, Mexico, New Zealand, Peru, Singapore, and Vietnam. Hmm. Mute Metmaker says, I remember watching Hunter's channel back in 2017, and it scratched my quote, Lib gets owned with facts and logic itch. Now that I'm a bit older, like him, 24, I find myself caring less about social issues. I just want the government off my porch. Excuse me. Hmm, that's fine. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I care about social issues, but I also don't want the government involved. So. Gone Fall says, I really feel like Hunter is trolling. When he was full-on conservative, he didn't sound so flamboyant. Maybe he is infiltrating the left or being a lefty some sort of sickness or being a tribal or or is being tribal contribute to this, to this factor. I don't know. I, I could... Can I just say that, like, I, I'm not sure how I've demonstrated being tribal. Like, I've, I'm fully willing to criticize both sides here. Uh, and I think that there are plenty of flaws on both sides. So. Both sidesism now? Jeez. <laughs> yep, I'm pulling the both sides card. <laughs> oh, man. There's a lot of funny comments, but I can't read all of them. Some of them are mean to me, too mean to me. They're all mean to you. Mean. <laughs> they're all too mean? Yeah. I wouldn't say they're all mean to you, but they're all, like, comments about you being misinformed or something. Okay, well, that's fair. Not all of them. I'm reading, you know. I mean, I don't expect, I expect, you know, the majority, I didn't expect a lot of your audience to uh, to love me, necessarily, so. It's yeah, I mean. It's easy to be critical of other people, man, but how hard is it to be deeply introspective about your own flaws? How many people get online and make videos and talk about their own ignorance? Very few. Very good point. Yeah. We have a, a, twe- uh, a message from uh, Iahi Gusak, who's Ukrainian, who basically said the things I was saying about Ukraine were, were, were well known before it was reported in the U.S. and that uh, you were unaware. Which yeah. thing about which thing the, about? the Hunter Biden, mm. Joe Biden? Yeah, like the, the, the viral video about Joe Biden saying, give me the billion dollars, otherwise you're fired. That's the kind of issue with, with, with censorship. Why didn't you see that video? That video was crazy viral. But it's because there's censorship and suppression. Echo chambers and algorithm. Did it get suppressed, that video? That video got false flags on Facebook and like missing context flags, which deranks it in the algorithm. Hmm. So simple answer, yes. It wasn't outright banned, though. And then like a lot of the fact checks are like, well, there's a lot of context missing. And they say things like it was in line with U.S. policy to have this man fired. And it's like, and? You know, it was, yeah, they, they emailed the State Department, and then Joe Biden went and intervened. Yeah. It's funny how Joe Biden, as soon as the Obama, Obama and Biden get into office, and uh, uh, Biden's put in charge of it, the operations in Iraq, his brother gets these contracts. Politico wrote, an, wrote a, uh, an article called Biden Inc. that maps out Joe Biden's positions and how his family is just magically right there to get all of the benefits from it for 50 years. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a remarkable stuff. So the way I put it is, yeah, I think Trump's played... Uh, uh, I think I think Trump's played ignorantly dirty, like, you know, oh, I'm going to give it that cost. That's a great deal. It's like, no, dude, that's still, you know, you're you're putting any money from the government to your companies with your control is a conflict of interest. and You can't do that. Mm-hmm. I also think people like Trump, I said this before, have a kind of capitalist corruption to them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but to put it simply, you guys ever see Back to School? I think it's the name of the movie with Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. There's that scene where he's in the college 
And the professor is like, you know, giving a lecture on how to make widgets or whatever. And then he's like, this is all wrong. And he goes on and explains how you actually run a business because he's like this rich guy who went to college. And he's talking about you got to save a couple bucks to grease the wheels. The inspector is going to come in, basically breaking down the dirty things these businesses do to make a ton of money. Along the lines of Trump lining his own pockets with his political savvy, is, is him running his own personal Twitter account. He doesn't use the POTUS account. No, that's a free speech issue. Um, okay, but he's also, as soon as he's not president, he now has be 80 million followers he'll, he'll be banned because, of his, but because of his time spent in politics. He's enriched his own personal fame. And, and, so and, I wonder and, if and so is Obama and so is every, every well, president. Obama, yeah, used I the, don't think Obama used the POTUS account. He didn't no, 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 create no, 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 a personal... No, no, no. I think that everyone who is, who's in public office, though, like, obviously gets more famous. You could argue that AOC yeah. inflated her fame as well. Like She has I, a personal account. But I don't think that Donald Trump. Yeah, AOC is her personal from, account. Yeah, Donald Trump gaining. Fame that's what she uses from the Twitter account. I don't think is. Like but building a, that's an actual business tool. Like building that as an asset is kind of like should politicians be building their assets? Like, well, you you want to make an inevitable. argument about politicians shouldn't be allowed to make any money outside of public pay, and their pay should be tied to the median income in this country. I'll have a conversation with you or about like, that. Or tied to mm-hmm. a, a public account of some sort. No, no, no. Not I'm not worried about that. Account. You know what? You know what I like. I, I like if Congress got paid the median the median salary of the United States. And if there was ever a period in which there was wide scale like government shutdown, then they shut themselves down too. If the government gets shut down, they don't get paid either. In order to raise their salary, they have to raise the median no. the median salary of the United States. I'm not, I'm not literally advocating for this because there's actually arguments for why we should pay politicians ridiculous sums of money mm-hmm. because we don't want them to be incentivized to do things outside. If like we told a politician. After you retire, you're guaranteed like a ridiculous sum of money. They're going to be like, why would I risk losing this? They won't be going to Raytheon or Monsanto. Right, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily true, though. It's just there's there's some arguments. One of the arguments is tie their salaries to the median salary of the United States, and they'll work really hard to get that median salary up. And they'll be advocating for analysis. And is, is it up now? Is it up now? You want to raise average worker salaries have to be up. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know that's that's a good idea because then they'll just be like, I don't care if I get paid or not. You'll only get millionaires and billionaires who are actually in office then, the people who don't care about the money. Right. So that, that I think something that was something Andrew Yang brought up, that if we give politicians a ridiculous sum of money, you'll have middle class people being like, that's a good job, and I wouldn't want to risk it. And then you'll actually have an incentive for people to want to stay there. It's, a, it's an argument people don't understand about nonprofits, too. People complain that C- nonprofit CEOs get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, they, sometimes millions. They have to. If a nonprofit is, they're still a business. If they're not competitive, they're not going to get good CEOs. And if it's a nonprofit that's got like, you know, 3,000 employees, you've got a massive infrastructure. You're going to need to pay top dollar for a good CEO. Mm-hmm. Granted, most of these nonprofits I've worked at, I think they're all scams. That's just me. Most of the charities are. Yep. Yeah. Uh, China Crypto says, Tim, this guy has no idea how economics works, nor has he any idea of how the world works. Insane and insanely dumb, super low IQ people being KOLs is one of the reasons why social media is making the average IQ of the mass lower. Now, I just want to I just want to mention if you're if you're saying you left the right and you're coming on my show, you know, you know, I, I oh, apologize I'm, if people are going to be you know, ragging on you. Listen, like, I, <laughs> you know, my little motto is the guy you love to hate. So that's everywhere I go. I, I get hate. That's not a, nothing I can't handle here. But also, I think it's a little <clears> funny <throat> when people say, like, you're a low IQ, but then like don't provide any. Yeah, I don't like just ad hominems. Yeah. Uh, and Sendiant Media says Hunter is the classic example of left winger who simply thought he was right wing because the left told him he was. You can be a bigot on the left. Literally every left country has been genocidal. Yeah, no, that's just bull. I, I, I don't know. If you're advocating for the traditional family, I would say. Well, no, like, because I'm not a lefty. I, right. I have some positions that are in line with right wing because like 
I would argue that I'm more pro-life too, for example. Um, although the way to solve that, as some people say, I'm still technically pro-choice, I guess. But I, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I go after both sides. It's, there's a lot, a of, lot of people are commenting on the me going off on the, uh, the Zlachowski thing, the Ukraine thing. Yeah, I would say that that I definitely need to do a little more research well, into that. But that I feel like that's really the only little scuffle we had. I it's mean, really, but, but you see, you walked into this man. one because you called it misinformation. You're and right. And when I, I said you were wrong, you kept saying no. Well, no. I had I had heard completely the contrary to the I, I had heard that I, I still listen. I'm not able to like fact check this and either. So like I want to look this up myself as well. I heard the video. I know you said other people are saying it's missing context. I'd like to know what that context is. The context is that it was in line with U.S. policy hmm. that Viktor Shokin be removed from his post as prosecutor in, I think it was prosecutor general, actually, in, in Ukraine, because he was viewed to be corrupt. Hmm. Okay, I mean, yeah. It's, However. It's definitely something I'll look into, for sure. You know, I need look, to get more, if, get more if, info if Barack sure. Obama and Joe Biden are doing crooked things to benefit themselves, or Obama turns a blind eye, they can just say, yeah, it was in line with policy, because Biden's the vice president and he's doing it. Right. They, they froze this guy's assets and then eventually they unfroze him. So if anything, what Joe Biden did was make sure this guy had a free couple of years with no heat on his back. But then when Trump got in, this guy fled to Monaco. They think, they think Monaco. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the simple, the, like, I don't even understand how we get to that point with, with Burisma and stuff. The, the, it's just like Joe Biden's son got a job on the board of a Ukrainian energy company. Like, man, if people knew the context around this. So, uh, wow. You know what Gazprom is? Mm -mm. It's like there's so much going on to where if you knew about the Qatar Turkey pipeline, the, the Obama funding, the, 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 uh, the rebels in Syria, the, the Qatar, uh, Qatar Turkey pipeline funding rebels in Syria, going, go, uh, you know, fly zones over Syria, targeting Russia, the conflict in Libya, the natural gas monopoly out of Gazprom, all, you know, all of this stuff ties together. It sounds like Hunter Biden was placed there. If it, if when you, when you put all these pieces together. Now, I'm, I can't assert that. I'm just saying that, 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 that to me sounds like a possibility. They needed assets in Ukrainian natural gas and energy because they were working on this plan to subvert Russia's monopoly. So when Michael Flynn, and I learned this from Luke, essentially exposed that Obama was arming rebels, that's why they accuse him of working with the Russians. Cause they're like, why is he doing this? It's Russian. Syria only refused to allow us to build the pipeline because they said Russia told them not to let us do it. Then they wanted to subvert our attempt at building a pipeline. Then you get this energy company in Ukraine, which is key, is, is in the key position to be the company distributing the gas into Europe once they shut down the Russian monopoly. And it's like, there's Joe Biden's son ready for that sweet, sweet squirrel as soon as that pipeline's finished. And there was and there a big go. revolution in Ukraine to try to decouple Ukraine from Russia and make it more favorable towards Europe yep. and the European Union. And it Union. caused a separatist movement, which it, led to what some called the Civil War briefly, and uh, I was there when yeah. it started. They exploited some corruption that was happening between the Russians and the Ukrainians, and they replaced it with new corruption that's happening right now between Europeans and Americans and Ukraine right now. And when you go to Ukraine, I mean, those people are getting exploited and robbed left and right by just so much corruption that it's absolutely mind-boggling to see it happen there to, to the extent that it does. It's interesting. Uh, one way to look at it is European countries are being strangled when it comes to natural gas and they, and they need these resources. They need to be, you know, have more access to, to energy. So the U.S. is desperately trying to assist its allies in getting energy there. And, you know, these people and these different families are set to uh, uh, make a ton of cash off of it. 
I truly think Donald Trump is outside the system, anti-establishment. I'm, I don't think he's the most selfless person in the world. I think his family is going to benefit greatly in some capacities. But I do think Trump's net worth has dropped dramatically. I think, you know, I think several hundred million dollars since he became president. So if I ultimately had to, if I ultimately had to make a choice between corrupt 47 year Democrat politician responsible for most of the or, or I should say some of the racist laws the left has been complaining about whose brother and son have somehow gotten rich perfectly in line with Joe Biden's like oversight. And then I look at Donald Trump, who's only been in office for now just just under four years and lost net worth to a, to a significant degree. I'm going to go with the Trump guy, especially when he's trying to end the wars. And Joe Biden was part of the administration that like created tons more. But also very interestingly, Trump was being investigated almost the entire time that he was in office. There was a whole Mueller investigation going through every little thing he did. And I remember listening to NPR just yesterday and they were talking about, well, of course, we're going to have to get all the attorney generals. We're going to charge Trump with so many different charges. And then one of the legal experts like, well, he's been under complete investigation right. <laughs> for a rush collusion and they went through everything and they didn't really find that much and comparatively if you look at institutionalized politicians that been there for 50 years like joe biden there's a lot more corruption a lot more wheeling and dealing than there is with donald trump who just kind of came into this swamp i think it's all swamp monsters as far as i can see it's swamp monsters all the way down yep. but uh trump's trying to end the wars so it's I, like I'm, I'm on board with that i just I, I I just see Trump, I guess, giving the tax cuts to the corporations and uh, the way he's sort of benefited. What's wrong with giving tax cuts to corporations? Well, because it hasn't done anything to help. What do you mean? To help to like corporations, like only a small percentage are massive multinationals. Well, like Trump's I, clearly not in favor of Amazon and like Facebook. Sure. But by giving tax cuts to these corporations, it didn't do what it was supposed to do. And I mean, we Americans. What was it supposed to do? It was supposed to bring back more companies, more corporations back from overseas. Uh, it was either that or it was to encourage, I think it was probably both, to bring companies from overseas and to encourage more people to like open their businesses here in America. With the, with the tariffs and the tax cuts, Ford brought back $3 billion into, uh, into Michigan. I just know that overall it didn't, it really didn't, didn't do what it was intended to do. And now us American taxpayers are going to be the ones to foot the bill. Yeah. There's tons of deficit spending. Trump did campaign on lowering the deficit and the debt. And he definitely that did, did not happen. That did not <laughs> happen at all. Money yeah. printer go burr. Yeah. He's not anti-war either, man. This expanded drone war is super concerning. Yeah. But you're and talking about a long time ago. I'm talking about a secret drone war. Luke, can you tell me about how he's made it so that he doesn't have to reveal who he's drone Well, we now. don't know the full extent of it because, again, we don't have the record and the rec record keeping was uh, canceled by him. We knew under Barack Obama how many drones were sent out under Donald Trump. We don't know. Hmm. So. No new wars. That drone, drone strikes, that drone big war. problem. Well, Vietnam wasn't a war. I Legally. do think that no new wars is a bit of a low bar to set. However, I can still say <laughs> right. that's scary. It's scary that it's true, right? No, he it's expanded scary. the secret of drone war. He expanded the drone war campaign. I that's think a war. I think we're going to find that early, out early on, soon. Donald Trump was engaging in, a, I would say, well, I don't want to say substantially, but I think a significant number more drone strikes than Obama was. That was, that was early on. And Trump did probably the stupidest thing I think anybody could do in bringing on John Bolton. That guy, he, John Bolton was like, this time next year with his bushy mustache, we're going to be celebrating in Tehran. It's like, wow. First of all, if you really wanted to declare war on Iran, you wouldn't go and announce we're going to be invaded in your city in a year. Second of all, Iran, people don't realize this too. Iran is not Iraq or Afghanistan. It is not some, you know, it is, it is a developed 
powerful country with military resources. And I believe one of the uh, key assets of Iran is their anti-aircraft capabilities, which makes it very difficult for the U.S. because we rely on air superiority. So take a look at the military bases that we've been building, and it's like perfectly set up around Iran. So then Trump decides to bring on the one guy who wants to snap his fingers and make it all worse. Not to mention, yeah. You know, a lot of conservatives are cheering about, you know, the strikes targeting the nuclear scientists and Soleimani and stuff. And it's all, it's like, look, I'm not going to pretend to have access to classified information, but I'm definitely anti-escalation of conflict and war. So I'm never going to say that's a good thing. However, Iran has been terrorizing people in, you know, the Persian Gulf. It's just the CIA installed the the Shah or they overthrew overthrew the democratic people of Iran and installed this theocracy. And now they're trying to blame the theocracy and And armed them. You have to understand when the when Iraq and Iran was fighting, the United States military was arming both sides. And with the latest Iraq war, it has empowered Iran geopolitically because Iraq used to be its main threat, its main enemy. They got rid of that. The sphere of influence of Iran spread because of the first, uh, because of the the latest Iraq war, so which is another contributing factor it was, to understand here. The Shah was the democratically elected president, and then they installed Ayatollah Khomeini. Is that what happened? Yes. Yeah. That's so insane. Yeah. And it, that, is that like been publicly disclosed? Well, the before CIA? that happened, I- Iran was kind of a civilized Western uh, favorite kind of uh, country where, you know, th- there wasn't any burqa mandates. There wasn't any Islamic law. There wasn't any Sharia law. Mm-hmm. People were, were able to live like they were able to live in Europe. After the revolution, after the overthrow, after the direct involvement of the CIA, Things took a turn for the worst, and we have a current state of Iran that is where it is today because of the direct fingerprints of the, quote, deep state. Hmm. Interesting. It used to be the left that was anti-deep state, and it was like, you know, I think the nation.com, like the lefty publication, and people like Glenn Greenwald were like the deep state, the intelligence agencies. That's why they loved Snowden. That's why they loved Assange. Now it's like the left is pro-deep state. Basically, it went from the deep state is a conspiracy to thank God the deep state has stopped Trump. Remember yeah. that? Article well, well, they're that cheering Times? on John Bolton. I remember <laughs> seeing a whole bunch of Democrats and liberals on Twitter like, yes, John Bolton, he's going to expose the corruption and take down. Don-. I'm like, you don't do you know who John Bolton is and his long <laughs> track record of like just murder? Like, oh. he, like John Bolton is like, what, what, what was the movie where the uh, uh, the guy rides the nuclear bomb down like a, yeah. like Captain a, America? No, no. 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 <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, that old movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I forget what it's called. Oh, the Doctor really Strange Doctor, Love. Yes. Doctor Strange Love. Yeah, John Bolton is the guy who's going to ride the like the bomb all the way down, like <laughs> right into Iran, like cheering and yelling for it. Very happy. Roadworthy Inc. says, "Wow, Tim, I have to say I'm a little disappointed. You say you only have relevant guests, but then bring this clueless kid on. Weakest guest possible, especially following Alex Jones." Well, I will say you get to follow Alex Jones, yeah, but I will awesome. I will rebut saying I've not, I didn't say we well if I did say we only have relevant guests, then I'll concede the error. What I mean to say is we typically tend to try and make sure guests are are particularly relevant. The reason Hunter is on for one is because someone hit, reached out to me and they were like, "Yo, you know Hunter, right?" I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like you should have him on. I was like, "Yeah, we'll look into it." And then it turns out you're super close, and it was like really easy. Right. But I also want to stress. We've had probably like, what, 10 people on this show who are like, I used to be on the left and then I left. Yeah. And we've not had one person who's like, I used to be on the right and then I left. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, this actually does make a lot of sense. So uh, that being said, I think I know why people are saying this and y'all got to calm down. You know, yeah. Do you know why they're, I know why they're saying it too. Why? I've yeah, seen some yeah. stuff on Twitter. Yeah. I know what's going on. I know. Well, there, there are people who want 
particular guests yep. to come on the show. <laughs> yes. they can bully so us. Uh, yeah. the power went out again. It, yeah, it's got to be the wind. Yeah. Yeah. This thing's but, like getting worse and worse every time the power goes out. Because like we're running all of this stuff on one emergency backup battery. Should we have a second or third one up we here? We do. We, okay. It's split between two different loads. Got it. So you're but, hearing different beeping because they're both yeah, beeping at the same time. Yeah. But I think we need more perspectives, more opinions. I think we need to talk yeah. to each other more than ever. And uh, I thank you for coming here and being able to share your point of view and your perspective and your opinions that we would never understand if it wasn't for you coming here. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, one person commented that they think the only reason you've changed your opinion on social issues is because you have a big channel and you're, you're, you're willing to shave off a certain number of supporters if it means you don't get banned. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a very, very common argument that people make against me. Um, but that's, I don't know, like, how to rebut, rebut that. Like, it's just, it's just not true. Um, People, well, you know, my YouTube channel was banned temporarily. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I think I tweeted about it. Yeah. Um, when Didn't it, you speak at like a mythicist thing too? Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I did a lot of stuff on that kind of, and, and. Did you speak at my event in Philly? Were you at the Philly, Philly one? The was, Philly one was, was put on by me in partnership with yeah. the mythicist guys at the Philly casino. I, yeah, I was at the casino one. Oh, wow. I saw you walk by and I was like, yo, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't meet then. That's funny. Yeah, that's cool. But, um. I've completely forgot my train of thought now, but I don't know. Oh, well, I love how there's a combination between people saying this is the worst, uh, uh Tim cast or the best. Is that what they're saying? I think you know the, what? the people really love when I got angry about the Zlachevsky <laughs> stuff and I like getting very specific. People are like, take a clip of that and post it. It's like, yeah, yeah. But then other people are like, this is boring. You suck. Okay. Well, that's how it's, you know, it's, <laughs> that's how it always goes. <laughs> make everyone happy. Exactly. Rob Gratz says, Tim, I'm becoming an architect and I can speak on plans to truly fix these neighborhoods through investment and pathways to ownership within the community to help redlined areas. Please let me come talk. Well, uh, send us an email. Spin the UFO at Gmail. Is that still our email? Uh, you could have him send it to me, too. Uh, what's your email? Lydia at TimCast.com. There you go. And I'm happy to share that. All right. Let's see. You know, honestly, I I, I would have liked to go on, a lot, go on a lot longer, but considering the power keeps shutting Ugh, off, I think. That's like know. the eighth time, I think. Yeah, yeah seriously. And you can't yeah. keep flipping the breakers. That like it, you're, It's really, really so bad. So we got wind, high power. We, we unplugged wind. everything. It was snowing today for the first time yep. of, in the year. Makes me think we got to get solar. We got to prioritize it. Well, this is a breaker issue. How we're going to run a, specifically a business here. with this kind of power outages. It's yeah. impossible. Yep. It's so stressful. Well, thanks for running, Ian. Yeah. I will yeah. run again. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. You're welcome, Hunter. That's right. You're sacrificing it's two, it's two flights of stairs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like That's yeah. a lot of action. <laughs> if it goes out again, you guys can send me to go flip okay. break. We'll okay. send you next time. We'll go together. <laughs> All right. So we'll do a couple more of these super chats. Uh, let's see. Oh, someone. Oh, I just lost it. That was a really good one. No. I have to find it. Do it by memory. No, it's gone. Yeah, That's unfortunate. Gotta, gotta uh -oh. it. They, now I want to know what the really good one was. I am a gorilla. Oh, no. <laughs> that is a good one. Ishmael. Gabriel Logan Ishmael. says, Tim, forearms huge. Are they? Uh, what? No, I oh. think it's just a camera thing. Yeah, it's perspective. Perspective. <laughs> and you accused me of going on that adult website. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Luke. <laughs> Shout out to you, porn. Are we really bringing that up? Yeah, apparently. Is it Pornhub or you, porn? All right, let's see. Outlaw Bear says, this is the best Timcast IRL ever because he's taking an uninformed normie and breaking him down the news guard and breaking him down the news with guard. News guard? Breaking him down with news guard in real time. Hunter was out of his league tonight, like Hunter B in China. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I also think, too, like you do cultural commentary, right? Yeah, I do a lot so, more social stuff. Yeah, coming yeah, into like a hard political space is not mm. advantageous. This, and I, I will admit that, yeah, a lot of the topics we talked about today, I, I wasn't like the 
uh, I, uh, Hunter Biden thing is a perfect example. Stuff I'm not particularly educated in as opposed to a lot more of the social issues. Yeah. Kenneth Ramey says, I was raised in a home where my parents were gay. What people fail to see from a child's point of view. I grew up keeping friends away because I didn't want them knowing. I'm not anti-LGBTQ, but kids do see things differently. That was your point, actually. Social stigma. Yeah, yeah and I would argue that problems. that's, I would argue that that needs, the social stigma needs to change, not the gay couples. I think it is changing. And I think, oh yeah, it absolutely yeah. is. I mean, gay, acceptance of gay people is steadily going up. Yeah, for sure. Jamie McCarthy says, does Biden end up impeached due to Hunter investigation? You may have spoken to this, but I just tuned in. Um, maybe that's the plan. Maybe they say, oh, no, you know, he's got to go. And then he, he he says, OK, fine. This has become too much. I'm resigning. And then Kamala becomes president. And then he gets pardoned. Yep. Yeah. 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 Or he'll just die from COVID, guys. That's Come on. possible. Yikes. Too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. We got a big one. What's this? Brian Murdoch says, I'm a tax lawyer at, at PWC. Trump did not write the tax reform. Tax lawyers did. And the reform repatriated trillions of dollars that was trapped in Irish and Lux tax havens. It lowered taxes for individuals and corps alike. Read about G-I-L-T-I and the toll change. Love y'all. Interesting. There you go. Very cool. Thanks, dude. Let's see. Wait, what? I don't know. That was okay. Let's do uh, let's do one more super chat. Let's do a couple. Layla says, really like this guest, Tim. I agree with you, Hunter, on quite a bit, but disagree on most of these issues. Appreciate you coming on. Peace. See, there you go. There you go. Uh, salty tamale says yeah. honestly hunter wasn't a narcissist like vosh <laughs> oh wow demon rush says this guy the guy you love to hate very humble hunter thank you tim your show is awesome moved away from chicago recently after 19 years of growing up there it's painful walking away from the city but it's changed so much a guy named tim great name says this is my first super chat and it's to white knight for hunter he's a good kid and open-minded if he's if uh if he's so close bring him on more yeah, we absolutely could. Yeah, appreciate uh, well, I think considering the power is going to go out soon again, we made it. We made it two hours. Yes. The power went out right before we started. It's got to be the high wind somehow, I guess, because this is yes. not normal. We do the show all the time. When the power went out, did we lose the stream? Every uh, time? A couple times, but I switched yeah. to satellite, so the quality went down a little bit, but then the stream stayed on, the lights oh, turned off. Okay. Okay. We'll get it sorted. We'll call it an electrician ASAP, but I think we'll be fine by tomorrow. I think someone might be hogging the circuit somewhere else, too, because... We unplugged everything. It's still going down. You know what that means, Tim? You're going to have to have me on again. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, so. a rematch. Yeah, right? I think so. A rematch. A rematch. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, on yes. cultural issues, it's kind of just like, <laughs> I'm uh, kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, it, when it comes to cultural opinion, it's like, I agree. I disagree. Well, then, you know, it's like a cultural issue. Yeah, the Zlochewski thing is super niche. I would venture to wage that 99.999% of Americans have never heard I've of read, Zlochewski. Yeah. I've read all the affidavits. But, and, and your audience has heard about I've it read, like, intensely. Yeah, I've read Tim, you've definitely four done. years of news from all of the mainstream outlets to Ukrainian outlets to even Russian attempts at like prop, you know, propaganda and the sworn affidavits. There was one period where they were trying to get uh, Biden named as a as a as, as a wanted felon, and like a court issued a ruling. There was a, a official ruling from a court in Ukraine that said Ukrainians did interfere in the 2016 election to hurt Donald Trump. That was that was New York Times reporting that. So all that stuff happened. Anyway, not to rehash that. Uh, how about uh, Hunter? You got any? You want you want to give a shout out to your YouTube channel or anything like that for people who who, who did like you? Yeah, sure. For the <laughs> for the couple people here that did like me, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, you can follow me just on Hunter Hunter Avalon is my YouTube channel. It's the same username pretty much on every social media platform, too. Easy enough. Right on. Yep. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at TimCast. You can check out my other YouTube channels, youtube.com slash TimCast and youtube.com slash TimCastNews. We are live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Smash that like button. It really, really does help. And uh, give us a good review on iTunes or Spotify. 
You know, we do really well on iTunes. We're actually one of the top global podcasts, but on Spotify, for some reason, not a whole lot of traction. It's weird. I don't understand why. Hmm. But uh, if you guys do want to listen on Spotify, we're there. And uh, check us out. Luke, do you want to yep, shout My out? YouTube channel is We Are Change. And before Ian graciously brings this up. Oh, you know I was going <laughs> to. If you want to purchase any of the clothing that I usually wear on this show, you can on teesprings.com forward slash stores forward slash We Are Change. And that goes to supporting me. So thank you. We're going to have merch that. very, very soon. We're getting our website done. It's going to be VIP content. We're going to have stuff for the vlog. We're going to have bonus segments with guests. It's going to be a lot of fun, and that's going to be for for members. So that's coming soon too. Ian, you want to? I got uh, a little bit of special merch. I'll be teasing in the near future as well. Snap. I'm not going to tell you what it is. We got to get a shirt with Ian's face on it. Definitely, yes. <laughs> Luke. I love the Santa hat. Thank you. That's awesome. uh, <laughs> it, it's like a five year old Santa hat. I, I think it turned you blue. Yeah, it did turn. I blue. saw a We Are Change video earlier, and you had the Santa hat on. I was <laughs> I got excited like for a little five kid. years. Every every December, I wear it. Oh, yeah, I like yeah. it. He does. Do you yeah. wear it like All when you sleep too and stuff? No, no, no. Tim, I'm not quick that question. Super filthy. Can I ask you a quick question before you? Do you know you what the question is? Do you go to sleep in your beanie? Yes. That was the question. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> when you came here, was I wearing a beanie? No. That's no, right. No, yeah. I was actually a little surprised. To, to be yeah. like, Who is this? Yeah. I was yeah. like, uh, do I know you? <laughs> People, it's actually really funny. We had a guest come over once. I'm not going to say who it was. And when I skate, I don't wear, I, if, if I'm filming and skating, I, I'll, wear, I'll wear a beanie just to like, you know. But if I'm just like skating, exercising, sometimes I'll wear even shorts, but I'll usually wear just like some ratty clothes I'm going to tear up and I'll wear a sweatband. Somebody came in and it was the guest for the show. And I walked up, I was like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, hey, hey. And then I was like, nice to meet you. And they're like, oh. And then I'm like, did you not recognize me? And he was like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I'm not going to say who that was, though, but it was really funny. It was at the other house. Yeah. Because okay. <laughs> people can't rec- they didn't recognize me. It was like, whoa, didn't realize. Uh, anyway, thanks for hanging, everybody. Don't forget to follow at Sour Patch Lids as well, because she's yes. over there pushing, pushing all the buttons, buttons. I'm trying to and twisting knobs. I, yeah, and all twisting, that. twisting very, the knobs and pushing the buttons, and sometimes lips. typing. Uh-huh, uh, we will be back tomorrow at 8 p.m. live. And again, smash the like button on your way out. Thanks so much for the super chats. We will see you all tomorrow at 8 p.m. All right, bye guys. <laughs>